Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're back. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. Mm-hmm. The season's here. S7E11 playtime. Yeah. You excited? I'm very excited. I'm trying to contain myself. So I'm drinking. Wow, okay. <laughs> Gonna be that kind of podcast that. What are you drinking? Champagne. Champagne. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Out of the bottle? Yeah, well, a little bit. Um, mm, I got you, one of the little the, bit. I got one of the Magnum bottles, so like I poured a little bit in a glass to drink until it's a little lighter. Hmm, okay. Well, I I just have a normal non-Magnum bottle of uh, rosé here, so that's what I'm drinking. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hope we remember how to podcast. Uh, it's been a long time, like eight we, months since we did one of these. We do not. Mm-hmm. We forget uh, week to week. If this is rough, well, you get what you pay for. Uh, I mean, for all, like two minutes now, we've been talking about how do we start podcasting. So yeah, that's it's not even rough. it's not even in the bingo. Which, by the way, four hour episode. No. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of follow up before we jump in this episode. In case you are someone who doesn't listen to our rewatch episodes or interviews or anything like that. Uh, you should at least in- listen to the interviews. I feel like we did some interviews with uh, one of the uh, production uh, supervisors and with all things PLL. So if you're just catching up with us now, hit those up. We went to Paley. It was cool. We met up with some new people. That was also very cool. Apparently, we're very mysterious. I'm hearing from some other podcasts who talked about meeting us. Hmm. I don't buy that. You don't think open that? We're open books. Mm. Um, they're like oh. They're like... Porno coloring books, but we're open books. Before we jump into the episode, there was one thing. I was listening to Cabernet and A today, and they'd gotten uh, somebody. I don't know if this person was at Paley or they just like watch Paley online or something like that. And they're talking about mm. how there's a question about the NAT club. And mm. they when they asked the the panel that, they all like everyone is like, what's the NAT club? Like they'd never heard of it. No. I don't know if you recall that question. Yeah, I recall the question, but that was not really their response. I mean, it was but, some of the actors because they hadn't really thought well, about it in a while. But well, this is what happened is that the, the person who asked the question asked it with like an extreme amount of salt, like to the point of being pretty rude. And so I, I feel like the actors were kind of covering the writers at that point and, and just like playing dumb about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just like moved on to the next question. So mm-hmm. I don't think the writers forgot what the NAT club was. It was just like this is we're not going to dignify that with the response kind of thing. Yeah. Anyhow, they're too classy to tell the audience to fuck off. <laughs> Let's jump into Playtime, written by Allison Nelson and Joseph Dirty, directed by Chad Lowe. This is Allison Nelson's first episode on the series. This Possibly her last, ending. I think, unfortunately, because <laughs> it shows ending soon. Hopefully the start of many writing credits. But yeah, like this, this is a great debut. This is a great return. To the show, especially the final season. This is a fun episode. Uh huh. I made the mistake of uh, opening the PLL subreddit, and it's just a bunch of bitching and moaning. I just close that right out. Mm. Well, let's jump into it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the title too. I just want to say because mm-hmm. it's Joseph Doherty. I feel like 
clearly reference to Jacques Tati and and also um, I know he's a huge Beckett fan and of course the whole Endgame thing which has been it's a chess term it's been taken over by the shippers as their term um, I feel like this is a great meeting of various uh, pleasures of a writer and references to things but yeah let's jump right into the ambulance I, I just realized I forgot to put something on the bingo um, but yeah, the ambulance. What 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 per se would that be? What do you think? What what do I think? I don't know. Something something about Marco and making some references, perhaps. Uh, yeah, but Spencer's in the ambulance here. She's got a oxygen it's mask. Providing on. some cultural context. Oh, okay. She's got the oxygen mask on. You can see someone's pushing down on her wound. I feel like this wound has maybe migrated a little since seven ten. Yeah. Like it's no longer quite like in her heart. It, yeah, it's no longer chest. a sucking chest wound. Uh, it's yeah. migrated to a flesh wound, kind of like Kylo Ren's scar. I don't know if you followed that at all on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's moved. Raylo, I think it's happening. Anyway, no. they want to keep him looking good. They don't want a goofy scar. So this guy, uh, Spencer's like a director. <laughs> okay, sorry. Got an EMT here bearded emt he's uh trying to keep spencer there she's kind of in and out of consciousness and spencer's like mom and he says i'm not your mother but i'm gonna take care of you like i was by that i'm gonna ask you really inconvenient questions that you're not prepared to contemplate what's your name and she said spencer and he says okay spencer you lost some blood i need you to stay awake until we get you topped off okay spencer's like super raspy she's like okay like i feel like spencer should be like although that's not nearly enough to treat a sucking chest wound. Just top mm-hmm. me off with some more blood. Yeah. EMT is just like, it's, it's cool. We reckoned it. Uh, he says, what's your last name, Spencer? Tell me your mom's name. Who's your mom? Spencer. <laughs> it's like, what a, what a perfect question to ask her at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need you to stay conscious. Explain to me the exact nature of your relationship with Jason De Laurentiis. Like, like in a family tree draw that for me and she just passes out at the top of the tree i want you to draw peter hastings dick (laughs) and then just move down from there and she's drifting away and he's like come on come on spencer come on and then we do like a match cut here to her still all you know fucked up but this time suddenly she's in a gurney and she's being rolled into the er and the liars are coming in behind her Mm mm-hmm yeah, so falling behind are Ari, Hannah, Allison, and Emily. Um, there's a vacuum in leadership. Someone needs to step up, take the reins, and to which Ari is like, someone should have stayed with Spencer and kept Mary from running away. And <laughs> Not Hannah's me, like, yeah, obviously. Well. She's like twice my height. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, well, it's too late for that now. And Allison's like, so it was Noel the whole time? Noel and Jenna? And Ari's like, well, we know they were connected to Charlotte and Rollins. And Hannah's like, hey, connected doesn't mean a motive. So Spencer goes through the doors that they can't follow. The liars kind of huddle up. They really chew the meat and the bone of the situation. And I was like, maybe they thought we knew too much about something. And I was like, well, where did Jenna go? And Hannah's like, she probably walked into a closet. <laughs> and then Argus looks just like, damn, Hannah. Damn. Uh, even for you. Damn. Yeah. Um, Argus like, guys, if Noel was AD and Noel's dead, that means, and I was like, don't say that out loud. Aria, don't say like, it. Like, until you get a full confession, you know how this goes. Yeah, yeah. Allison's like, well, it's what we're all thinking. And he's like, I know, but just don't say it out loud, okay? Not yet. 
And then, of course, if Spencer was here, she would tell you something about hoping a <laughs> dirty four-letter word. Um, and how the then, devil hides their uh, machinations or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's how the coincidence how the devil stays anonymous. Yeah, um, we see the doors of the ER burst open behind them with some medical dude yelling, watch out, folks, coming through. And the liars glance over and, oh, shit, it's Toby. Out like a light, being wheeled in by some dudes and scrubs. He's got like a neck brace on, a bandage around his head, cast on his punching arm. Um, and for a second, I was I saw him under one of those hospital lights, and it was so angelic. And I was just like, mm-hmm. "Yep, Toby's going back to heaven." That's his um, spirit departing his body right there. Or he's about to like quantum leap. Anyway, um, I hate that. But he's show wheeled so much. on away. Wow. Um, oh, you know, I shouldn't. That's Ryan's dad show. I blame my former college roommate. He watched it constantly. Anyways, continue. This isn't therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Ari's like, what happened to him? And Emily's like, oh, no. And Hannah's like, well, if Toby's here, who's Yvonne? And Allison's like, who? <laughs> Ari's like, uh, what happened to him? I thought I told Miles Corwin, no survivors. I would kill for an Ari and Miles Corwin scene. Uh, this is also the like second car crash Toby has been in, in three seasons. And I think the third time he's broken bones on this show. I mean, I don't know about the police force and whatnot. You know, if you worked for like UPS, I feel like you can only have so many points on your license, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably a thing. Sure. I mean, I don't know if you technically might not be a cop anymore, though. I do wonder like where the hell he's living when it cuts to a week later here. Um, the easiest answer, in, of course, is that he's not. He's a ghost. Or he's living in Yvonne's hotel or a hospital room. Also, can you do that? I guess he can. <laughs> I mean, someone's um, paying for that. But uh, well, probably her family. But like, uh, I thought like, well, what if like Toby's like his insurance ran out when he left the job, and so <laughs> all of his stuff is out of oh, pocket. Yeah. Like, what if he has like like an unset bone that he just can't afford? Oh shit! I got a massive bill from the ER. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is the opening, and I believe we saw this entire bit here in the uh, the Paley preview. Maybe not a little bit at the end, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go to the credits. Hannah is the shusher, which sure, I guess. I don't know. I like. I feel like Spencer would be the shusher for this episode, but I sense there's going to be a lot of Spencer-centric episodes this half season with her familial issues yeah. and whatnot. I mean, I don't know if the shushering in the flash forward or the five years forward really applies as much. Well, Ari is a hammer, uh, obviously. Occasionally it feels like it does. But not all the time. Mm. Yeah. I think it's just like, if you want to see it, you can see it. Uh, I want to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the credits, we're at the brew. We get a title card one week later because that's how long you need to heal from a gunshot wound. Yeah. Uh, and we walking around. See, Toby, he's sitting on the couch with Arya Montgomery there. He's got his hand in a cast. He's got like a little cane. Um, by the way, pay attention to the outfits here. They're, uh, there's a continuity error. Uh, I don't know whether or not this scene is supposed to come later or they edited in another scene earlier, but she's going to like be wearing this outfit like a day later on the show. Hmm. Um, so Arya talking to Toby, I guess she can like communicate with Toby because she's a witch and, and she can talk to dead people that way. Hmm. Uh, Toby is saying they call it a medically induced coma. I feel like there's a, there's a joke that can be made here, but I'm not going to make it. Arya's like, it's going to be okay. And he nods. And Spencer says, Toby got shot. And Arya's like, she's home now. And he just nods some more. And he's like, good. Tell her. And he takes a deep breath. And he's like, maybe you shouldn't tell her anything. I don't want her to worry. 
I'm sorry. He told her that Toby got shot. Spencer got shot. I don't know, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> we're rusty. We need to call it out. I'm just trying to picture a scene where Toby tells Arya, Toby got shot. And she's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just say they call it a medically induced coma. And I said, come on, Caleb, my single isn't that bad. Hmm. Anyway, so Arya's like, I don't know why I even have a scene with you. I never have scenes with you. Like, I feel I like. Very good. Yeah. Okay. I guess they just wanted another scene between Arya and Toby here because they didn't know what else to do with her or Toby. Or it's later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, there were scenes cut from this episode, but uh, I, I'm very curious about those. Yeah. Like, like her and Holden on the bench, but um, imagine the conversations wherever they live between like Toby's dad and Jenna's mom right now. Do they even talk? Are they real people? <sighs> Who knows? Well, I mean, what was it that, that Toby's dad Never mind the cabin. Like Toby's dad had broken his leg when the house blew up. Is Toby's dad still married to Jenna's mom? That's what I wonder. We've heard about him a lot. I feel like we never hear about her. Yeah. I bet she's nice. Anyway, a lot of people tweeting at us saying, ha ha, Toby's alive. I, uh, I feel like the jury's still out on that one. So anyway, cut to the lots woods in. <laughs> Yeah, Spencer isn't worrying about shit. She's uh, she's got a great shot. It's like Spencer like peering through the mail slot in the door from outside. Her, her big brown bad. eyes just yep. scan in that room. Um, then we'll kind of pull back and we're in the room. We see a stack of mail pot up from uh, falling through that mail slot. So it's like come the, around um, the side. The window that she's peeking through there, it's kind of all like fogged up, like almost like it's cold outside or it's dirty. I guess I don't know. It kind of looks like the Christmas episode with like the kind of iced up windows but i mean who knows what i mean it's supposed to be december so maybe that was uh some nod to that is it december or is it still like late or magical pll november yeah i don't know how much time took place between seven six twenty and seven ten um who knows how long i feel like the the marker of time will be this never-ending like pleasure victory cruise that the Hastings go on. I have I have so many thoughts about that, and I'm just holding off until we get there. Um, so she comes around the side of the building, and looking through this like dingy window, checking out the empty room, seeing no signs of life. Speaking of no signs of life, uh, mm. because of Ezra's place, Arya is like gathering up her stuff, taking one last look around. She has this big bag that she packs. She goes okay. to the door to note note the uh, outfit here. She's changed to a, like a pink. Out pink leather jacket over like this like kind of like pastel rainbow shirt. Mm-hmm. So this is a very Arya outfit. It's a little pink ladies and whatnot. It's, it's a flash. It's like a five years forward Arya outfit for sure. I suppose so. Yeah, it's a little more muted, like Easter eggy than like her like crazy skulls and whatnot. But yeah, it's like she's about to to take off from this place. It's a week later. We don't really know what the Ezra Nicole situation is. She opens the door and there's fucking Ezra Fitz, and it, it, you really get the feeling because he's like, hey. It's like he hasn't talked to her mm-hmm. in a week is mm-hmm. the, the, the sense that you get. Mm-hmm. Arya's like definitely like kind of surprised and, and worried and kind of unsure. And she's like, uh, hi. Also, I think the answer to your question is simple. After you like listen to Toby's sad story, don't you just want to like, wash the grief off of you? Like with Ezra? Or, well, no, just change clothes. I mean, no, she's going to change back into the same outfit later. You'll well, see. there's a time when Arya just wants to take a dive back into all that pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Much like Ezra. No, I think originally the, uh, the the game board didn't show up till later in the episode, is my guess. 
Hmm. Um, but yeah, Ezra's here. He he does this thing. He just he comes in. He sets his bag down. He shuts the door, and he just like gives her this hug. He's like not even saying anything. She's almost he like scoops su- her up. He's almost she's almost like surprised to even get a hug. And she kind of leans into him. She's like grateful but kind of puzzled. Like what what the hell is this? You know? Are are you about to break up with me? And she's like, welcome home. And he pulls her back. He takes a deep breath, and then he looks down and sees her bag. And he's like, um, what's this? Oh, that was Toby. Oh well. <laughs> Oh, it's like this. This uh, this is what happens when you don't communicate, Ezra. Like, what the fuck is she supposed to think? And he mm-hmm. kind of gives her this look, like it, it's a little judgy, not not totally judgy, but just like, oh, you stupid thing, kind of. And it, I feel like Ezra's the kind of guy who he can't tell you how he's feeling about anything, but he probably writes like a really long email. Does he send it though? That's the question. Mm. He probably does. Yeah, he's need. He needs to share it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arya's like I didn't know when he'd be back I wasn't sure if I should stay and he just stares at her says nothing bends over picks up his bags gets her bag and he gives her this one last look just like dummy you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he carries both bags upstairs did we know there was an upstairs before this yeah okay that's where uh, Toby has to go put on some pants and when Peter Hastings shows up that one time puts pants on Toby we need to talk about Radley um <laughs> Please, somebody re-edit that scene just to include a soundbite of Ian Harding saying, dummy. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, okay, then. Uh, and so, like, I really feel like he's condescending here. Like, you get the what? feeling. Ezra. I know. Amazingly. You get the feeling he has not talked to her at all. And now he's showing up and kind of, like, giving her a, just a mild amount of... Uh, of you know i don't know maybe in his mind good-natured jiving or whatever to be like oh you were gonna leave that's ridiculous even though i have like a former fiance who's suddenly alive and i didn't even tell you about it and i've been gone for a week yeah like i guess he's trying to like project confidence here and be like i'm just gonna take your things and bring them upstairs and not talk to you at all well he's like some kind of fucking romantic hero Mm. it's his thing um, in his mind, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on from these two. <laughs> so, meanwhile, in Hannah's bed, where I guess it's a little bit happier. Uh, we see Caleb like sleeping soundly, shiftlessly. Uh, Hannah, like laying in the bed is behind him, watching loft? him. Lucas I think so. Loft? Okay. Which we saw. I think we've seen bits of the bedroom previous, but mm-hmm. never really like the bed. Um. So Hannah's Just like, like we're seeing bits of uh, Tyler J. Blackburn here. Hey, did you, did you, I'm going to totally interject. Um, did you happen to read the thing where Ian Harding talks about not being able to shave his chest for seven years or not being able to not shave his chest for seven years? No, that, that was like uh, in the oral history, I believe. And that, that Cosmo, he was article. not allowed to shave his chest. I'm sorry. He was, he had to shave his chest. He wasn't allowed not to shave his chest. They want him to be smooth. Yeah. Which Caleb here, he's got, you know, a little bit of scruff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that fits his character. I don't He's know. He's got some some wisps of rugged, manly chest hair. Tyler J. Blackburn's just like, I feel like Caleb has some chest hair. Not a ton, but a little. Is there like focus group stuff where it's like you're gonna be you're gonna you're an English teacher who's like dating your student. We need you to be like smooth chested. <laughs> Find me that focus group. Or I guess it could be like the thing in Seinfeld where it's like he had shaved his chest when he first like oh, and he slept had to keep doing it. 
And so, like, he didn't want her to know that he had, so he had to keep doing it. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, Hannah is woken up. She's staring and smiling at Caleb, who's still asleep here, and she just keeps pinching him on his uh, bicep there and pinching him over and over because uh, she thinks this is delightful. And eventually he wakes up and kind of smiles mm. at her. Boops her on the nose like a cat. What the mm. fuck are you doing? What's the big idea? And she says, I'm just I making sure that, that you're real. Uh, she smiles, a couple smooches there. And she's like, that'll do. Do you have any plans for today? And he's like, I have a few ideas. And he kind of grins, goes in for some more kisses, but uh, she pushes them back down. She's got some other ideas. Yeah, she says, uh, or we can use that energy to track down Jenna. She's out there. I can feel it. I think the Grunwald is starting to rub off on me. And that comment just exercised Caleb's arousal completely. He's just like, well, boner killer. I'm not going to challenge the logic in that. Uh, and Hannah's like, how insensitive of you to bring up my failed spinoff. <laughs> uh, Hannah's like, Noel's dead, but Jenna's still out there. I mean, we have to find her. He's like, we will. But I'm not taking any chances of you. The last time I let you out of my sight, I lost you down a rabbit hole. And she's it was like, a it hotel was a hotel hole, not a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, it's just starting to do a little Hastings Center Theater. Yeah. Um, is that what you want to do you, here? You can tell we're Skyping right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to do some Hastings Center Theater? Go for it. I mean, with this scene of all things. <laughs> yes. So he says, it's that time. It's time that Hannah worried about Hannah. She kind of looks off as Caleb like reaches over the nightstand on his side to grab her sketchbook and like bring it over to her. Well, we don't uh, necessarily know that that's always his side. I mean, I don't know. Middle of the night, moving around. You think because of all the positions and stuff, mm-hmm. they just yeah. kind of end up where they end up. Mm-hmm. Um, like at one point, they were on top of each other when they passed out. Anyway, so she starts to like flip through it, looking at some of the fashion designs that she's done. And Caleb says, there was a time when you wanted this so badly that it broke us up. Okay. And she's like, okay, let me interject here. Is that not like a minor faux pas to bring oh, that a, up? That's kind of a shitty thing to bring up. It's definitely like, just like, by the way, that was all your fault. Like, and she lets that go right by. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess they're in a really good place right now that he can just work that one in there and, and she's okay with it. You're never in a bad enough place in your relationship, apparently, where you can't still try to have a little <laughs> hand in the relationship. Yeah, really. And she's like, I, I would never let that happen again. He's like, I know, I just negged you. Um, no, he's like, I know, I know. But if you don't do this, then you'll regret it. So let me worry about Jenna, okay? And so she kind of looks off, making some intense and long-missed Hannah face. What it's almost think- like... It's almost like when Ezra had to remind Arya on the cusp of her winning that award. I got you in a photography. Yeah. I mean, what do you think she's worried about here? Is it the Jenna thing? Something to do with fashion? Because she's got her her kind of uh, ambitious sketchbook? Or is it that, that Caleb just negged her and remind her that the relationship ended because of her? All of the above. But for the for the purpose of like this this uh, this episode's like B story, let's just say fashion. Anna's got some intense feelings about fashion in this. Like, also, not that I miss him, but where is Lucas like coming through of his like angel investor like fashion factory that I mean, he's going to build her outside of town? He must be cutting some checks because she's got some materials later on. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's probably never a good time in a relationship to be like, this is why we broke up before, implying that it's all someone's fault, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, but he he spins that though to then inspire her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just very saying, subtle, Caleb. He better smell fantastic right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I think he probably smells like sex right now. Hannah's like, I'll take it. Uh, mm-hmm. So meanwhile, at Rosewood High's faculty lounge, Mrs. Horowitz is raising her <laughs> bug. Brought back Mrs. Horowitz. This is like the most random tertiary character. I love it. You never see Mrs. Horowitz coming. She's like the Spanish language is. Um, she's like raising her mug in celebration. The others gathered around. And she's like, a toast to welcome back two more Rosewood graduates. Emily Fields, who will be coaching our varsity swim team. And Paige McCullers, our new athletic department supervisor. Cheers. We see that there's Emily in her like swishy swim tracksuit outfit. And Paige is dressed a little more formally, like got a little bit of a mom haircut. Just beaming. Yeah, they all cheers at their coffee cups because they're like old ladies now. Um, so Paige is kind of Emily's boss, right? For sure. She's the athletic department supervisor, so she would be supervising Emily, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Emily's just like, wow, I really thought it was going to be one of us or the other. And Paige is like, I guess we're both invaluable. And then just makes crazy eye contact. Yeah, with- yeah, yeah. I have that in my notes too. The craziest eyes possible. To which Emily's like, yeah. <laughs> so this is gonna be okay, right? And Paige enigmatically says, "If you say so, it is." And then more <laughs> crazy eye contact. <laughs> like Paige is just intense in this whole episode. Yes. Um. So Mrs. Horowitz comes over, snatches Paige away, and she's like, "Paige, I want to talk to you about some school committees. There's some choice positions open at the moment." Well, so is Paige being like more over the top, passive aggressive than usual here, or is this just Paige? Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Paige and uh, Mrs. Horwitz, they take off to the like another part of the teacher's lounge. And then in blows Allison to Laurentis. She's in a hurry. She walks right past Emily. She very like kind of passive aggressively loud footsteps. Like I feel mm-hmm. like there's a way to walk when you want to let someone know that you're walking by them. And she's doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And Emily's just like, hey, I texted you. You never texted me back. And Allie's just very, very cool to her. And she's like, didn't have time. Emily's like, oh, did you make an appointment? We'll go to the doctor's together. And Allie's like, I've already been. That's why I'm late in more ways than one. <clears throat> and he's like, but but I promise I come with you. You should have called me. And she's like, it's my nightmare, not yours. Jesus Christ, take it down a notch, Allie. Well, so Emily does her version of the Aria thing where she like glances around to see if anyone's mm-hmm. watching or listening. And she scoots closer and she was like, so how was it? The doctor. Humiliating. Like, Humiliating. And he's like, what did she tell you? And I was like, then I'm going to have a baby for a perfect stranger. A, and then Emily, doctor. <laughs> Emily should really be like, this is really unattractive. Yeah. Uh, and then Allie glances her. She sees Paige talking to Mrs. Horowitz and some other faculty do. And she's like, what is she doing here? And he's just like, Paige, she's the new athletic supervisor. And Allie's just like, perfect. She grabs her shit and goes to the door. And Emily's just like, Allie. And Allie's just like, I'm late. Get it? Uh, and she doesn't even turn around. She's out the door Emily's just wondering right now huh, maybe I should text Sabrina I just wanted to see the thing where like Allison like grabs a donut off the table and, like shoves it in her mouth <laughs> what did you think of Allie in this episode overall oh man this is like the people who just always hate Allie probably cheered for this episode well, this seen, ship this ship is probably the most divisive well, I've seen all like, of PLL I seen a little bit on Reddit. I seen on Twitter. Some people text me and they're just like, bitchy Allie is back. And I'm like, yeah. eh. yeah. I mean, she's certainly bitchy, but 
I don't know if this is quite the same. I feel it's like bitchy Allie from like ninth grade is back or something. And like, she's just really immature and whiny. This is not the Allison that we miss. No, no, it's not. This is not the Allison who's just like, think again, pigskin and like runs a table. Oh my God. What if she had said that during the, uh, the committee meeting later? (laughs) I feel like there's a, she could pull that out and be this whiny alley or she could pull it out and be like the good old alley we like um it just it's all in the presentation you know i mean i i don't know it's it's interesting to see i think she's trying to delve back into her playbook later on and it's just it it's either she's work, rusty yeah. or it's like this is not the right audience um i mean i know we we complained a lot in the rewatches about how alley like took this turn into like this annoying sentimental deer in the headlights person mm-hmm Maybe that is just Allie. I mean, you could certainly even think about people you knew in high school who were like, you know, hot shit. And then like they just never went anywhere and kind of like stayed in this arrested development. So maybe that's Allie's fate is just to just be like a really lame person when she grows up. Oh, I mean, so there's the argument that, you know, Allison was a more inspiring, loved figure when she was dead. Mm-hmm. There's also the even harsher thing. It's that Allison, when she was dead for those two years. It's when she peaked. Yeah, when she was a ghost. <laughs> when she was just like, kiss on those pills? <laughs> that was pretty uh, So meanwhile, back in True Love, uh, Ari and Ezra sit at the table in Ezra's kitchen. She's like, caught him up on the plot. Uh, she's sighing. He just looks bored. And I mean, she's just told him, amongst other things, Jenna's on the run and Noel Kahn has been beheaded. <laughs> Noel Kahn, who like once threatened Ezra's job. <laughs> You would think uh, it would have been yeah. nice if we got a scene where he he learned that. I guess he's like, huh? And like he does that, like he does that move where it's like Costanza when he finds out Susan died and he's trying not to smile. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Costanza would be a great direction for a lot of Ezra stuff. Like if oh, Ezra, yeah. if Ezra is just like, hey, Holden, the jerks are called. They're running out of you. Um, but you know, like if he had just even been like. That's no way to get ahead, Noel, as he says into his coffee cup and sips. Um, sorry, is like, Toby just got out of the hospital, but Yvonne's, she's still unconscious. And I was just like, all the things that happened in this town, and those two get taken out by a deer? Well, he like Cosmic kinda, irony. He kind of laughs to himself about this, and maybe it's just me, but I felt like it was a little bit sinister. It's like, dark. It's like a private laugh at this. Yeah. Like, I really wanted Arya to be like, I never mentioned a deer. <laughs> and then he just sips his coffee. <laughs> Arya's like, was she hurt, Nicole? And he kind of gives her this look, just like, oh, we're gonna go there, huh? And he's like, she broke a few bones when she was abducted. They didn't heal properly. They had to break to reset them. Mm. And she kind of winces. And uh, your knights say that I get a boner here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Arya's like, well, where is she now? And he says, uh, recovery facility in New York for parents. And Arya's like, well, I'm glad you could go. And he's like, I tried to talk to her on the flight, but she wasn't ready. I mean, let's I be like, real. Arya's into the pain, too, here. Hmm. Did I, I like, tell, did I ever talk on the podcast about how they set my wrist when I broke it? I'm sure you're dying to. <laughs> of course I am. I mean, if, as long as we're talking about breaking and resetting. Um, so they like they put your fingers in a uh, like a little like Chinese finger cuffs thing, only they're metal. Mm-hmm. And then they like strap your bicep down to the table. Right. And your fingers are kind of pointed up into this thing. And then there's like a crank on it. And they just basically 
crank and crank and pull your bones apart until they're like fully separated and they just push the bone in. It's awesome. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're doing that to Nicole right now. And I gotta yeah. say, if, if Nicole, if all she came out of that was with a couple of broken bones, probably a, a plus. If you're held hostage by revolutionaries for like three years or something. I mean, physically, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that that's what I mean, though. I mean, they're they're like not even dancing. They're they're not even willing to dance around that topic. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if they're going to get into that or not. Yeah, I don't know. So um, I just take a sip of his coffee. As Ari gets a text message, she checks it's from Spencer. SOS at barn. Hurry. So we cut to, you know, Spencer of her arm in the sling. She's letting Ari into the barn. Um, and Ari's like, what couldn't you tell me over the phone? And Spencer says, it's just easier if I show you. Some intense music. She looks over. We see the backs of Hannah and Emily over at the table. They part, turn back to Aria. There's like a large wrapped like black paper present on the table with Allison like watching almost from the other side. It is really big. It's like maybe uh, two and it's, a half feet on a side, 14 inches tall, black box kind of thing. It's big. It's like two, two crouching Lucy Hales. Okay, sure. Um, so Ari comes over and makes this kind of like shruggy, like WTF face to the others. And Spencer's like, read the tag. Who so can Ar- guess what's in here? Yeah. Ari opens the card that comes to the present and reads it. It's playtime. AD. And Ari's like, no, big eyes. This is no. And Spencer's like, it was here when I got back from the Lost Woods. That's when I called everybody. And Ari's like, guys, Noel's dead. Jenna's wandering around in the dark. This can't be real. I like how they, they really think Jenna thing is just like, stumbling around in like the forest somewhere like this whole time it's it's been a week and she's still just wandering in their version of this knowing that they're in a tv show they're like don't worry at the end of 619 jenna just pops out of the woods like nicole like (laughs) twigs in her hair (laughs) yeah and ali says noel's dead but somebody else is out there and han says out there and just as crazy i mean come on you guys should know by now if you don't get a confession it, it it's not real crazy or just like crazy like ingenious for creating mm-hmm. whatever is about to be in this package but uh or is like you think jenna and noel are working for somebody else such so as like or jenna and noel had a twisted scheme all of their own and we mistakenly assumed that they were ad mm-hmm. which not like you have done that before spencer um, and me on the same wavelength here yeah um mm-hmm. i like sarah said we were all looking for the same thing which was love with me a moment um, of silence for shara harvey that was your cue to say something. I know. Um, Ari's like, well, what's inside? And Hannah's like, we were waiting for you. And Ari's like, well, oh, golly. You didn't have to do that. Like, crazy sarcasm. So, Spencer lifts off the lid. Uh, actually, like, it's Emily who lifts off the lid. Because is it? Spencer has, Spencer has arm one sling. arm. <laughs> yeah. Spencer has her arm in a sling. Because that's what happens when you get shot in the chest. You get your arm in a sling. Um, so, so, they. You know what, though? Same thing. Spencer yeah. Emily. Cool overhead shot as she takes off the this cover and it's a game board underneath liar's lament uh singular liar there this game board oh my god it is impressive as fuck mm-hmm. it's the, like this hyper realized version of the town we've got the church we've got the brew the police station the radley's in there lost woods resort up in the corner there's a secret graveyard hospital secret passageway which i wonder if that's like a joke or if that's like actually going to come into play mm-hmm. uh and of course the house of hastings which start your Ren theories. 
Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that Joseph Doherty is the one who wrote the episode where the House of Hastings is uh, referenced by Ren. Mm. So I, th- I think that's probably a reference to him. Mm. Um, I love this board. Game. Better add that to the bingo card. Yeah, it's a big map of Rosewood. Obviously, uh, I love it because it's kind of similar to the map I drew. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take it as a shout out, even if it's not. I think that's fair. I think you do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily's just like, listen, wow, there's like bells tolling, there's it's whirring sounds, things like spinning to life, and Spencer's just like, wow, indeed. And Emily's like, guys, and she's like spotted something on the side of the game. The others come over and look at it. Well, there's a phone like it's, there. It's like a fucking pachinko machine inside of there. There's all this like weird whirring and like conveyor belts and all all sorts of weird mechanical noises coming from this thing. Yeah, it sounds like a fucking it, crazy arcade. It um, even like lights up, like the little houses and whatnot light up. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pinball game of their mm-hmm. lives. But uh, there's a phone like attached to the side there, like graphics start firing up on it. And we see the words endgame and then <laughs> bitches. <laughs> it's really just some next level like Hall of Mirrors winking at the fans here to actually put endgame into the show. Like I think we joked once that 720 should be called endgame. Uh, but instead, we have like a whole season of Endgame here, where it's like well, literally A is making them play the Endgame. This thing might like like in addition like since the Dollhouse, this might be their best like self-referential plot bomb. It's insane. It's uh-huh. it's such a production. Like it's so fancy. I like how even the little game pieces, like the little alley game piece, has a yellow top on. It's yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the liars see this and they're just like, oh shit. You know, one thing I noticed about this scene, though, because all five of the liars are here, Allie has like one line in the whole scene. Like, I feel like Allie is never totally fit in well when you have a group mm. scene, unless it's yeah. like specifically about her or something. It's like they don't really know what to do with her. No, no, they don't. I mean, what is she going to do? Like, bitch about Paige here? Come yeah, on. I know. Um, so after the commercial, they're all like sitting on the couch, like staring over at the game. Uh, which is still whirring and making all these kinds of noises like Skynet becoming sentient over there. <laughs> and Hannah's like, I still say we throw it in the fireplace, pour some brandy over it and flambe the thing. And then he's like, maybe this is something Noel set up before the blind school. And Spencer's like, no one can come like, up with you this. you fucking idiot. <laughs> no one can come up with this. And Jenna couldn't have built it. And uh, Arya's like, Spencer, Mary Drake. And Spencer's like, Mary Drake is a liar. My mom will prove that when she gets home tomorrow from her like mm-hmm. six month pleasure cruise. <laughs> Allison's like, well, since we were on a first name basis with uh, Detective Fury, why don't you just turn this over to him? Which, okay. Um, Ari's like, well, you know how that works. We turn this into the police. It'll blow up before we can get in the car. Arya knows the rules. She knows, she knows how this works. She's like, why, why are you even bothering mentioning the police? It's just a lampshade. Which is funny because, like, I feel like in the last two rewatches we did, Arya was the one who carried the the torch of. Well, maybe we should call the cops. Maybe what? I should linger here with my phone on the. Uh, I think we said at, at one point though that Arya always chooses a contrarian route. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. the others want to do, she suggests the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emily's like, it wants us to play, and then Hans like, no, him, it wants to play with us. Put that in the trailer. So Spencer gets up, she goes over the game, she's like following a hunt, she reads a side of it, and she's just like, fin de partie, end game. It means there's only a few pieces left to play, then it's all over. So are you saying it reads fin de partie on the side? She reads that somewhere. I don't think she reads it, it. I think she just says it, yeah. Okay, fin de partie is the real Beckett reference. But uh, So Allison's like, what do we do now, or what do we do? And still worrying and all these arcade sounds, Spencer's like, right now? 
we don't do anything. And they all just like stare at this thing some more. But I just wanted to point out that, right, what do we do now? Right now we don't do anything. That's when, like, when we're watching this, like, the fucking, like, ginormous Bella Thorne, like, famous in love <laughs> thing popped up. And I was like, is this part of the game? Maybe it is. Oh, one more thing we forgot to mention on the game is mystery location. It's over yeah. off to one side there. Who knows what that will be? And of course, right in the middle, it just says home and it has a little puzzle piece thing. Um, so anyway, they got this thing. It's scary. We're going to cut to Lucas's loft. It's at night. Arya is pacing. She's in the same outfit as before. So this is definitely after that scene. Um, mm-hmm. Is she is she like staying over at Hannah's here? Because she just told Hannah all the Ezra shit. Like, is she maybe sleeping over to avoid Ezra or something? Maybe well, maybe that's a weird conversation to Actually, have with Ezra. Although, if you loop back to the next time we see her in Ezra when she's in the outfit she's worn before, mm-hmm. maybe Ezra's already talked to her and left in the original edit of this. Uh, possibly ponder, ponder that, yeah. But I mean, you could make the argument that like they're gonna get up early and go wedding shopping, so maybe that she is staying over, but. Is it just like she's at Spencer's barn and everyone's like like gathering up to like take off and she's just like catch a tiger by a toe? Anna, I need to bear my soul to you. <laughs> you're you're the most unburdened cursed currently. Um, okay, so, so yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, sorry to obsess over this, but she's in the same outfit she's wearing when Ezra came home, and that was the first time she'd seen him. Hmm. Therefore the scene where she runs into Ezra on the street and he says he has to go to New York, that must be afterwards. So her meeting with Toby must actually happen later. And they like moved it back for some reason, maybe just to let us know that Toby's alive. So, well, cause it, it does feel like a very weird scene when we cut into the episode after the, or is like, why am I talking credits. to you, Toby? I never talked to you. Yeah. So, but then that would mean that potentially Arya talks to Toby. And then later on the game is like, Go talk to Toby. Mm, okay. Um, Interesting. But also, don't beat yourself up because it's not like we've ever obsessed over Arya's outfits as a chronological marker before. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, she's into having, the leather jackets lately. She is. Yeah, she's she's got quite a few of them that she brought back from uh, Boston. So, having bared her soul about this other shit to Hannah, uh, Hannah says, speaking of someone who's been through an engagement. A failed one at that. You two are going to be fine. And I was like, like what? A failed engagement? What do you know? You two are going to be fine. Yeah. You have you have only one experience in this, Hannah, and it failed. What what do you know about anything? Well, maybe but, way to be a good tulpa. But I mean, come on. I guess Hannah's saying that at least Ezra doesn't have to come with subtitles. Doesn't he though? Uh, <laughs> well, only if you are reading into his like Kerwin hand signs that he does I think, in addition. I think Ezra doesn't come with subtitles, but he comes with like an arrested development narrator. It's just <laughs> a lot of he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Arya says, Well, I don't feel fine. I feel like I need to throw up. And then this board game, it's, this is too much. And it's like Arya. Arya sits and she just goes right back to Ezra. I'm like, sorry. I'm just, now I'm just picturing because. Not that we ever cut each other off, but mm-hmm. like uh, Ezra being like, like condescending to Arya, but like, it's like we finish each other's and she's like, sandwiches. <laughs> Arya's list of, or no, sorry, Ezra's list of can'ts. Um, Arya's can'ts, list of won'ts. Mm-hmm. So Arya, she takes it right back to Ezra. She says, he tried to talk to Nicole on the uh, plane, but he couldn't. And Hannah's like, 
are you afraid he hasn't told her about the book? And Ari's like, oh, yeah, well. he, need, he needs to sign that release. Uh, <laughs> Ari's like, I'm afraid that he hasn't told her about us. Hannah says, well, did Ezra say he wanted to post, postpone the wedding? She kind of shrugs. She's like, we didn't talk about it. Which is like, maybe you should. You know, like, I don't know. Like, you would think one of them would be like, so where are we right now? Maybe they're just both too afraid to say it. I think Ezra's fucking dying for her to bring it up. So, so he can like counter with move. like, gonna like I've got ass. a lot going on, Arya. <laughs> so Hannah says, then proceed with plan A. Hmm, plan A. I mean, wording, Hannah. Mm-hmm, phrasing. Uh, she comes and sits next to the shisher, and Arya's like, meaning what? And Hannah says, Arya, you're going to plan this wedding, and it's going to be waiting for him while he says goodbye to Nicole. And trust me, he will say goodbye to her. Uh, I think it was Heather Hogan who pointed out props to her. What terrible advice this is like yeah. you're in the middle of like an existential relationship crisis. Let's double down on your commitments that you're not even sure you can make. Well, and you don't know that she's told Ezra, Hey, this is where I'm going to be all day. By the way, I'm going to be planning our wedding that we were going to elope before because you freaked mm-hmm. out about the wedding planning. Yeah. Yeah. That's the extra layer there. Back. Back when things were fine and Nicole was dead. <laughs> yeah, but Arya gives Hannah another big sigh, but shes I think she's more hopeful now because she just got the kind of awful advice that she really needed and wanted. Yeah. Yeah, so cut to the De Laurentiis house. Emily is there. She's just going to eat all of Allie's shit here. Allie's, uh, she's got a glass mm. of water. She plops down. She's throwing more p- shade at Paige. And she's like, athletic supervisor? That's new. Did they invent that job just for Paige? And he's like, I don't think so. I mean, they probably did, though. Yeah. And Allie's just going to go in like full jealous bitch mode here. She's like, did you ask the school to hire her? And he says, no, they wanted to have both of us. Allie's like, lucky for everybody. God, (laughs) she's so over the top. Mm -hmm. Emily like swallows her own sigh. And she's like, are you going to be okay tonight? Allie's like, depends on what you mean by okay. Pregnant, stalked, broke, alone. I mean, if that's okay, then I'm your girl. And the Best Actress uh, Daytime Emmy goes to Susan Lucci here. My God, pity party for one. Yeah. Emily's like, Allie, you're not alone. She's like, so you think I should tell the others? And Emily's like, I wasn't talking about them. I was talking about me. Allie kind of slows her roll a little. And she's like, this isn't your problem. Emily says, remember what I said the other night? I support you. Whatever you decide. But please, God, get an abortion so we can skip this whole plot line. And Allie's not even ready to consider that right now. Uh, she does that thing where she kind of like stands up to let the other person know it's time to scram. And she's like, look, it's late. I have to get up early in the morning. Burn. Yeah. So Emily gets it. She's like, right. It's kind of awkward. And Allie like maybe tries to salvage it a little. She's like quietly says night. And Emily says goodnight. And then he takes off and just leaves Allie to ponder how horrible she's been to everyone. But really, what is Sabrina doing right now? I, it'd be great if we just like kind of like hard cut to Sabrina opening her door and Ellie's mm. like, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. And she's got and like then nine. Sabrina just closes the door again. Emily's got like nine bouquets of flowers. Mm-hmm. I don't know about flowers for Sabrina. I feel like uh, you got to try harder than that. Like maybe maybe something to do with cooking. She likes cooking. Mm hmm. Hmm. Um, so the next day, Hannah's like chilling outside the the seating area of the little coffee shop the called new place, Morning right? Stir. Yeah, Morning Stir, which is funny. You're like not at the brew. Um, maybe they just maybe, want to avoid Ezra. 
maybe the Gilmore Girls were filming there. Um, <laughs> so she has her head buried in a sketchbook that she's working in, and like Mona comes strolling over to her table, and she's just like, "Are you okay?" And Hannah's like, "We're alive." And Mona's like, "Yeah, it's too bad about Noel." Well, no, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's cold, Mona. Yeah, and, and also, Noel, Noel must have left a mark because uh, Mona's gonna smirk and really savor his death. Noel must have left a mark. I'm just going to mentally send you the uh, gif of Noel Kahn raising the glass. <laughs> um, well, Hannah so looks Hannah, up like, wow, you're kind of a sociopath. Which is cute. Um, yeah. Also, it's been a week, so apparently Mona has not checked in with Hannah in a week. But uh, Hannah keeps working, adding more purple to that gown on the sketchbook. And Mona gestures to it, and she's like, may I? And I was like, go for it. So she like flips through the book, looking at Hannah's designs. I wrote in my notes that Hannah's sketchbook looks like of Joe Madura drew a PLL comic book. Um, mm, interesting. Hey, you know what I was just thinking? Because mm. seemingly Mona is like her first time checking in with Hannah here. I was thinking about Mona in the last episode in 710 and how like Sydney showed up. Like mm. there's a lot of stuff where like, ooh, I can't wait to follow up on this. And like we didn't really get it. Nope. Like, no Sydney. It, will she ever come back? Who knows? I, I really wanted to know. They just like totally yada yada it. But like, how the hell did the liars explain the Nolcon situation to the cops? Yeah. Oh, they just hand waved that away. They're they just like, what it. the hell happened to this guy? He's missing his head. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just in general. And like, Fury's totally cool with the situation. They apparently were on the news at some point. I guess they're I, like, they're lying and saying they're kidnapped or something or other. Yeah. I, I half expected like this episode to start like in the lost woods like hotel room and like sydney's getting nervous and she's like trying to leave voice messages and then suddenly <laughs> like the door kicks open and it's mona and she's got a sword and she just stabs her <laughs> thought you could I mean, from me they must have had just the, the a massive lie to explain the whole uh blind school situation and why they were there and everything yeah yeah um what is the quite frankly, like psychosexual hold that Jenna has on everyone that Sydney like would apparently come to town just for this goof. I don't know. I hope we see more of her though. I, I, I need an answer to what that whole scene, that secret meeting between her, Jenna and Mona was in the fourth party there. Um, more than you, or... more than you need to know what, what Maya knew. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, forget what Maya knew cause she didn't know anything. Uh, and take uh, like another angle on that scene, see what happens. Okay, so Mona was like, "You were always so good at this." Claudia was a jerk for letting you go, and Hannah's like, "Claudia was generally a jerk." So Mona chuckles and she's like, "Are you going to submit to the Philadelphia Up and Comer competition?" At which point, I want her to be like, "No, I'm totally bankrolled by that creep Lu- Lucas." Um, and Hannah's like, "No, I mean, I'm nowhere near that level." And Mona's like, "Hannah, you have a solid portfolio, and I've seen your closet." So Hannah says, "So I have good designs, but who the hell was Hannah Marin?" Well, what is not myself? What does I've seen your closet mean? Just like you have good taste, I guess. You have, I guess you have good taste. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about how these sketches turn into dresses. Like I feel like unless, there's like a step they just hand wave over there. Unless they're saying that, like at least in the most recent history, like Hannah's wardrobe was all custom Hannah Marin like hmm. originals. Okay. Uh, yeah, who the hell is Hannah Marin? Which would be which would be a weird meta thing where if at some point Hannah's just like the reason we're all dressed so bonkers is because I designed the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Arya's my clothes horse, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, 
uh, Hannah's, you know, who the hell's hand there? And then Mona says, you dress the right person and no one will ask to see your resume. All you need is a body with some marquee value. Which and Hannah's like, yeah, well, those don't grow on trees. And Mona gets this like devilish. She has a devilishly adorable idea here. She starts flipping through Hannah's sketchbook. She's taking f- pictures of it with her phone. And this is where I was like, wait, is this where they work in Simone Bielis or whatever her name is from uh, I, like the gymnast? Yeah. Which is a little early because she visited yeah. later, I think. But yeah, uh, Mona, because Mona totally would know her somehow, uh, right? So anyway, Hannah says, "What are you doing?" She says, "I have a scathingly brilliant idea. Don't leave town." Hannah's like, "That's what the police say in all the movies." And Mona takes one last photo. She closes the book and smiles at Hannah very lovingly and rests her chin on her hand. And she says, "Do you trust me?" And it's like sometimes. And Mona says, "Make this one of those times." And then they totally make out. No, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they don't. Uh, she all, gets of my, up. all of my notes, their scenes end that way. Yeah, they are just, I mean, we're watching like a rom-com between them, I feel like. Here's the only problem with marquee name value, Simone Biles being mm-hmm. the model. She's, She's shorter than yeah. Arya. Like, no one will see that. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, so. The pictures of her and Keegan Allen on the set were hilarious because he's like, five feet tall i mean he's basically like a godzilla in her tiny like you know japanese town um hey, here's a question without looking who do you think's taller keegan allen or you what a dumb question uh probably keegan allen i'm googling him right now curious come on google six foot one wow yeah he's he's got an inch on me oh okay i'll never see that punch coming <laughs> You motherfucker. What it would be great would be if, as my phone does once a day, because I have Instagram on my phone, if it popped up with a notification that Keegan Allen has started a live video. What do you mean once a day? Like once a day, he does like a live video. three times a day. I was being kind. But yeah, so if I click on it and it's just him like walking up behind me and he's like, turn around, bitch. And I'm like, what? Pow. Oh my god! I've just I've just stealed my own trap. Um, meanwhile, in Detective Fury's office, uh, Spencer sits across the desk from Marco having a chat, and he's like, "How's the arm?" And she's like, "It's stiff." And he's like, "You were lucky." She's like, "Yeah, I guess so." He's like, "Have you talked to Toby?" She kind of paused before answering that, and she's just like, "No, I mean, the last thing he needs is an old girlfriend complicating his life." And he's just like. Ugh. Did you know that Archer Dunhill was a queen of Jenna Marshall and Noel Kahn? And so she kind of remembers how to like lie. A, he's got like a folder on his desk here. Yeah. Yeah. She, she still like, knows how to lie. She's like, no. And he's like, they knew when he was pretending to be Dr. Rollins. We checked the visiting records. And she's like, do you still think he's out of the country? And he's like, we think somebody's in France. I'm starting to think it's not Mr. Dunhill. Oh, okay. So they keep bringing up this mysterious person who's somehow like carrying on the Dunhill on the run trade. Uh-huh. Like, is this going somewhere? I don't know. Like, who would it be? I don't think it could be AD. They seem to be local. They're too involved. Uh, like, you know, like kidnapping Jenna thing in the last episode and whatnot. So, like, where is this going? Like, I, I, I'm really wondering now, is this just a continuous, like, these cops are on the wrong track thing? Or is this going to pay off somewhere? Yeah, and I don't know if it'd be, like, it's a variety of people who just, like, get, like, the Archer Dunhill credit card and go buy mm-hmm. some espresso at a cafe in France or whatever. Or is it just, like, Lucas and or Ren is just, like, living it up <laughs> in, yeah. in Paris. Um, but he, I feel like he's uh, he's watching her as he says this. 
and she she kind of lowers her gaze after a beat like it's she doesn't want to give anything away uh mm -hmm. so he just lets it be opens this desk drawer and he pulls out a gun in an evidence bag sets it on the desk we can see uh jenna marshall's name is listed on the evidence bag for a second i was like is he just gonna give her this gun like for her protection or something <laughs> you know like or the is, trophy is that where this is going and they just both stare at each other in the gun and he's like you recognize this and Spencer says, yeah, it's a gun that Jenna Marshall shot me with. And he's like, and you're certain that you saw this gun in her hand? Spencer says, yes. And he kind of knocks his knuckles on the desk there. Like, this is a little bit of a letdown. She's like, why? And he says, because this is a 45. You're shot with a 22. I saw the bullet they took out of your shoulder. Spencer says, are you saying there were two people who were shooting me, shooting at me? And he says, no, I'm saying there are two guns, one of which is still missing, just like Jenna Marshall and Mary Drake. Dun dun dun. Spencer says, "Fuck." So first of all, I I feel like really gratified that my really in, you know intensely close reading of those final scenes in Seven Ten paid off. Like I mean, we were fucking frame by frame with that shit, and it was like, yes, okay, Jenna did not shoot Spencer. There's another gunshot there. It was someone else. Did we really go frame by frame, or did we just go based on the dialogue later on when Jenna asks, "No, no, <laughs> hey, we... are you the one who shot?" That was a three and a half hour episode, dude. We went there. I mean, because I, I feel like thinking back on it, we might have wasted some time because I mean, <laughs> we might have gotten to the the blind school scenes with like two hours to go or something. We spent a lot of time on that on a 10 minute sequence. I mm -hmm. relearned from there. Our rewatch episode. It's in, it, there's so much happening there. But yeah, like so. We were right. Uh, it wasn't like a, a mistake or anything like that. They definitely did it that way on purpose. Somebody else shot Spencer, not Jenna. I wonder how this is how Jenna kind of like gets out of the box there. Like it's like, well, she never fired the gun or whatever. Um, also, I know I know next to nothing about guns, but like the forty-five, that's like a kind of gun you use when you really want to blow someone away, right? I would think so. Like a twenty-two is like. Is that what they call like uh, despairingly like a, a lady's gun? I I don't know. I mean, it seems like something with less stopping power. I guess. I mean, could be could be used by someone smaller. Maybe not that Jenna's like big or anything. So uh, I'm googling. It looks like the 45 bullet is shorter and fatter, and the 22 is longer and thinner. Mm -hmm. So I could see where like the the shorter, fatter one probably makes like a bigger hole, more stopping power. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my knowledge base purely on the movies is that, like, you don't want to get shot with a 45. Um, but but you want to have a 45 because it sounds cool from the movies. Yeah. Anyways, after the commercial, we're in a very kind of generic, posh wedding reception place. A lot of fancy china table settings here, variety of dishes laid out, lots of other wedding stuff. Arya and Hannah are here. They're just scoping stuff out. Arya is now wearing the outfit she wore in her scene of Toby. So I guess she just came from that. I mean, I would love to like pause it. At this point, you could do PLO, anything with PLO. Pause is that some kind of like crazy flash forward scene? No, I not. think it's I, not. I'm, this is what I'm, this is what I'm, my theory, theory about this now that we've kind of like established where this is going is that I think they probably were like, wait, we want to show Toby's alive right away. Otherwise, like people are going to get annoyed that like no one's mentioning it, you know? Mm. Um, or because I know you like to think that this is all about us, they're just like those fucking bros watch PLL too. I think just, you like to think it's all about us, but yeah, you've brought it up how many times? 
like this episode alone or in the past few weeks. Holy shit. Um, but like, uh, they're just like, we're going to show them. We're going to put Toby, like the, almost the first fucking thing you see is going to be Toby's face. The ghost. I mean, has anyone, how I'm not touching anything. Has anyone touched Toby? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, anyway. Like, no, I haven't touched Toby. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why would I do that? Ew, gross. Uh, Arya keeps like checking the bottoms of all of these cups that she picks up like she's checking the label or i don't know what weird yeah <laughs> hannah says toby still hasn't heard from spencer and Ari says no i understand i mean i could barely talk to him either without sounding like a stupid sympathy card and it's a lot more complicated for spencer also i don't even like talking to toby and it's like Arya, you know i own the word complicated right mm. oh that that almost hit one of her new bingos anyway uh, hannah says it's hard to imagine spencer at a loss for words and Arya says, would, would you know what to say? And Hannah's just like, eh. And so are we. Eh. Whatever. So mm-hmm. she's got like a little brochet there, Hannah does, of like this wedding place. And she says, I think this is one of the best ones we've seen all day. And it's a one-stop shop. Linens, food, and servers. Linens? Like tablecloths? Yeah. Napkins, I guess? I don't know. Arya kind of she like sneers at this and she's like, check the fine print. And Hannah's like, can you at least pretend to be excited? You're a bride. I mean, she's marrying Ezra though. So, you know. Mm. Gotta factor that in. So of course Holden just happens to walk in the background time to hear this. And he's just Holden like Holden Strauss. Yeah. I feel like you're 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 downplaying it. The fucking Holden, four seasons later, walks back into the show. Okay. <laughs> Looking like a hobbit. Yeah. There's some fanfare for you. Um, he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Arya Montgomery is a bride? And she's like, Holden? And Arya Holden's like, I walk in. I see you. I almost had a heart attack. And we're like, oh, shit. Holden's still alive? How's his heart? I feel like that's like, that's got to be intentional, right? Like making yeah, a yeah. joke about his heart there. Hence him saying immediately, oh, no, no, no. I- I'm fine. I promise. And so they hug. How is this guy still alive? Like, I really want, like, as long as Holden's around, I'm going to need at least one heart attack joke per episode from him. My doctor finally told me, hey, these underground fight clubs will kill you. Like, I really want a scene where he's just like, ah, and he, like, suddenly, like, grabs his chest. And they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? And he's like, oh, that bee just stung me. Man. You know, like, like that, like, constantly. Like, kind of like Crispin Glover. Heartburn. Like, Crispin Glover in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. You're just like, oh, come on. Hmm. Can't believe or, this guy's still alive. Or to the point where Holden inevitably fakes having a heart attack. Mm. And he's like, Arya, I think I'm having a heart attack. And there is like, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. um, so the hug ends. Holden gives Hannah a sup nod. And, and he's like, What's up, Hannah? And she's just like, Holden, good to see you. I've never met you before, but whatever. Um, Hannah's cell phone rings. And she's like, Oh, it's Mona. I should take this. If I don't answer, she'll just keep calling back. Sorry. She bounces, um, leaving Arya and Holden to catch up. And she's like, what are you even doing here? And he's like, oh, this is my sister's business. She needed a brilliant but affordable chef. And she's like, oh, you're a chef. And he's like, yeah, I tried to cultivate one new skill a year. So you getting married? I, I have so many thoughts about Holden here. First of all, one new skill a year. Like, what the fuck? Like, take it easy, Holden. You're a little too well adjusted for this show. Hmm. Um. So Ari's like, she flashes the ring at him and she's like, that's me. And he's like, so who's the lucky guy? And then pause. She's like, that would be Ezra. And he's just like, no kidding. My notes here say she sounds so happy. 
not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I really like the way she hesitates. Like, this is never going to stop being awkward for you to answer it, Arya. Um, but yeah, he's so dry. It's just like, no kidding. Arya's like, no kidding. And he says, and they say high school romances don't last. Oh, my God. Such shade. He's, well, like, he, he's so, he is the perfect person to bring back for this moment. He's so deadpan, but he's just like an assassin with these pleasantries. You know, it's like, I mean, he, he just says it as like, as, as, you know, unaggressively as possible. And yet she's feeling all of it. She just oh, winces right now. He's so like dryly sarcastic. So mm-hmm. That's just his character. I mean, you couldn't even have brought Jake into this role just because, you know, Jake had a foot full of glass that he attributes to Ezra. That wouldn't have made any sense. What? Um, is the deal with Holden here? First of all, I thought he was an only child. What's this about a sister? First of all, I haven't gone back and watched those episodes yet where he's introduced, but I thought it was a whole thing where, like, because he was alone with his parents in Portugal. Know. Yeah, like, is is he just like insanely wealthy? Like, because he's just like, oh, I decided to become a chef just to like, you know, improve my uh, Renaissance education or whatever. And he's just like doing his sister a solid helping out at her wedding place. It's like he's no. doing this just like be- because he can. I feel like uh, Holden probably bottomed out of one bad situation. This is where he landed safely. Um, and maybe like the parents split up. The sister's like a stepsister. Like she's a Shannon to his boon. I feel like you're really reading a lot into that. Are you if, not? If we're taking him at his word here, he just cultivates new skills every year. Yeah, but this guy's also a little bit full of shit, I think. Hmm. Okay. I I think it doesn't really matter what's going on with Holden, but uh, doesn't it though? Do you want to spend another twenty minutes on it? I we can if you want. I don't know. Um, so I was like, yeah, and he refers to the iPad he brought with him, and she's like, or he says, you deserve personal attention. Come on, I'll give you the nickel tour myself. And she's like, hmm, and he leads her out. And then <laughs> cut back to the Rosen High faculty lounge. Um, Emily's like staring forlornly at the bulletin hey, board. Before we cut to that, um, yeah. Holden here. I, I saw a few people. I think it was on Twitter. <laughs> mentioning how they thought he was kind of like touching her a lot because he's kind of like he's hugging her he's taking her by the arm he's putting his hand on her back is that just like his affect like he's well, seems, seems very old, old friends yeah i guess well he did tell her as much yeah way back when i i, I feel like that's his whole thing is like my reading on holding is that like he's he pr- must come from money or something and like he's just very old fashioned and all about like observing proper decorum and whatnot. As he said on the show previously, he'll probably write her an apology letter for all the touching and the mm-hmm. affect. Um, unless <laughs> Sorry you wanna... for all the touching. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always a great letter. Um, unless you want to read more into Holden. Mm-hmm. By all means, continue. Thank you. Um, We're drinking so some Emily... more of your champagne, man. So Emily is staring forlornly at her bulletin board, worried about something that she sees there. And she glances over, sees Mrs. Horowitz working on some grading or whatever. And she's like, what the fuck of her day? Um, how how, how she, much champagne you got left? I'm just curious. How much champagne do I have mm-hmm. left? Uh, probably a little less than half the bottle. All right. Work on that. Okay. Um, and so uh, she, Mrs. Horowitz, and Horowitz like jumps up and she's like, oh, you're on the faculty now, Emily. You can call me May. And I want Emily to be like, no, I can't. But yeah, she's like, neither can we, oh. too. You're still Horowitz. Yeah. She's like, I'll try, uh, May. I noticed you've got Paige McCullers and Allison DeLorentis in the same committee. And Horowitz is like, yeah, Paige really stepped right up. And then <laughs> Emily's like, yeah, I- I'm not so sure this is going to be the most productive mix. This is, like, this is why you don't hire the entire high school love triangle. 
Like, yeah. what what are you doing, Rosewood High? It was yeah. did no one else apply? I mean, come on, it's a disaster. I don't know why you'd even hire any of these people individually. Well, here's here's why this is even a more egregious fuck up. Like, they brought back Hackett for the introduction of this this threat last mm-hmm. season. Like, he's not an idiot. He's not a fucking moron. Like, he knows what's happening here. Oh, okay. I mean, honest, okay, maybe not, there's maybe there's a reason for this though. Maybe he's just like, shit's been boring the last five years. Like I hired Allison and eh, you know, like that 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 added a little bit of spice, but no, we need to turn it up a notch. He's like, uh, look, this is my last year before I retire, and I want Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. He's writing he's writing his memoirs. Yeah, he wants some spice in there. Well, yeah, because the first forty five chapters are all Arya and Ezra, and now he needs the coup de gras. Um yeah, so Mr. Horowitz is Ella like, still teach here? Hmm. Probably not. I, mean, I just can't for the see, winning, but I just like if if the day that Allison gets hired, I feel like Ellis is like, I'm too old to be a teacher. Or I'm too something to be a teacher anymore. I, maybe she got hired to take Ella's job because she's teaching English. So it's funny. Back when Meredith was briefly on the staff, I was mm-hmm. like, how long before Byron also starts teaching like classes at Rosewood I, High? Byron is a professor of art history he does not reduce himself to the level of teaching high school i don't think <laughs> he only does it for the women um, he's like the head of the department i think if memory serves he's, he's also got those faculty meetings yeah well until he ended up in uh was it uh saratoga or whatever syracuse syracuse yeah i think um, that was just to make some extra cash that was like a side hustle hmm, just like lecturing mm-hmm um, so again, Mrs. Horace, like, is there, is there something I should know? And then I was about to answer that when we what hear if, from behind what if her. Byron, sorry. What if Byron is like, he's like, uh, with this art history thing, he's become like a symbologist, like, uh, what's that? Robert Langdon. Yes. Like, like Robert you and I Langdon. Were on the same page. I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> okay. Well, write that fanfic. Um, as Byron is often like, like the Louvre, like, uh, solving mysteries right now. Uh, since it's the season of callbacks, let me just say that's where all my fan fiction ends. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try this again. Go ahead. Horowitz says, is there something I should know? And then he's about to answer that. When be- from behind her, Paige announces, Alice and I weren't exactly besties when we were students. And Emily's crazy like, eyes. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Emily walks in, join the conversation. Um, and Paige is like, Ellie's afraid somebody might be holding a grudge, but that was a long time ago. We're all adults now. Are you really? So Emily just like hugs herself, like not looking at Paige, somewhat be having been put in check. And Horowitz is like, is, is there a conflict? Paige is like, no conflict. Horowitz, Scouts honor. Horowitz really would just wants to assume the best of everyone here. It's just, well, man, disaster to, coming. To be fair. On day one or day mm-hmm. two of people starting a brand new job, I think you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I guess so. Granted, you knew who you were hiring. Um, I mean, she might just be like a fellow teacher. So what the fuck does she care? You know, she's just like, I'm too old for this shit. It's my mm-hmm. last day before retirement. Um, I got also, tenure. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think another thing that that plays into Paige getting the athletic director position, besides. Mm-hmm weird theories that she might be ad is that 
she's the one who probably had to deliver Emily's application or probably do Emily's application for her, if you remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Um, well, so that shows something. Horowitz here is just like, you see, nothing to worry about. And Emily just smiles, like knowing that this is a clusterfuck that's going to explode sooner or later. And then the bell rings. Horowitz like, gathers up her shit and she's like, well, pff, off to the races. And she takes off. Emily turns a page and she's like, I, I just didn't know if it was a good idea. And Paige says, you don't have to protect me from Allie. And if you thought you had to protect Allison from me, well, you're not paying attention. She walks off and just leaves Emily to worry some more about all this and just wonder, like, hmm, wonder what Sabrina's cooking right now. I don't need this shit. <laughs> and then we're back to Arya and Holden. They're walking through, like, it's like a outdoor seating area where, like, where you'd have a wedding. There's like an archway for the vows and whatnot and all that. Yeah. Arya says, "You sure you don't mind driving me home?" Anna said Mona demanded a command performance, and he kind of weighs her concerns away because he's so fucking chill. And he's like, no problem. He's a little too chill. That's why I think he comes from money. Like, he's just way too chill. Mm. Or maybe mm. it's like, like, maybe he's like, like smoking like a ton of pot or something like for his heart or something like that, because he was on some kind of drugs earlier. I mean, he's just this side of like a stone Hudsberger. Yeah, uh, he refers but to he's like, like a- he's a little too lucid, I guess. You know, he's like mm. lucid, but really chill. He's definitely like the star of his own like CW show that never got past like uh, <laughs> a pitch. Wedding planners. Yeah. <laughs> He's a wedding planner, but in the past he did fight clubs until his heart went went poo poo. <laughs> his heart could explode at any moment. Um, yeah, so his, his heart will explode if his chill drops below an eight. <laughs> Maybe that's it. It's, uh, he's like the Hulk or something. He has to t- <laughs> stay totally chill all the time. That's my secret, Aria. I'm always angry. <laughs> and then that's Arya my secret, Aria. I'm always high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he refers to stuff on his iPad and he sees like, so what type of bride do you envision yourself? A spring, autumn, or half price November through March kind of bride? And she's like, well, and her face indicates a you know, amazingly clear struggle to answer that. And he's like, oh, hey, it's okay. Let's find another way in. Were you going to have the ceremony reception at the same location, oh, okay. i.e. here? <laughs> First of all, autumn, obviously, right? Uh, Because they're going to do it like too sweet? Yeah. No, I mean, in general, what kind of bride is Arya? She's an autumn bride. Like that's Oh, her yeah, se- yeah, yeah. That's her season. Yeah, yeah. Spencer's winter, Hannah's spring, Emily's summer. I think we Arya's, agreed on that in the past. Arya's like a Samhain bride. Is this guy's heart going to explode soon? Like, he's just way too normal and honest to exist in Rosewood, I feel like. Like, you find it creepy? It's just, it's not creepy. It's almost like, it's like you're just too normal. Like, like where's your secret or like, what's going on with you? He's like, Arya, everyone's got a story to tell. I've got a child in my trunk. It's cool. <laughs> Arya's like, oh, thank God. He had me worried for a second. Um, so she, he asked about the wedding reception and the, the ceremony in the same place. And she's like, yeah, that, that's a possibility. We just we haven't explored that yet. Holden's <laughs> like, just like, when are you going to stop wasting my fucking time? Because uh, she has like no answers for anything, basically. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think he's eating this shit up. I think Holden is uh, to join you in the Holden train here. I think mm-hmm. he's like almost 
taking like an Emily route where he just finds this like sickly fascinating. Mm. He's not gotten to the point where he's going to offer her just like horrendous advice that has her back in the maw of the demon. But like he's I don't know, like he doesn't want to make her feel bad. He's not like battering her with belittling questions, but he's just like enjoying the cocktail of her imploding. Well, maybe if he's, you know, he, he claims to be a chef. who's just like doing his sister a solid or whatever. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't give a shit. He'll walk around showing uh, all the wedding stuff to somebody who's clearly not going to get married anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever. Get paid by the hour. He's like, this iPad doesn't even have wedding shit on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh. So uh, it just has the WebMD page for hard attacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Holton says, "Why don't I show you the fountain?" Uh, it seems to be the highlight for most couples, and you don't have to make a choice about moving water. And Arya just kind of smiles weakly as she gets led away. Like, thanks for the bad advice, Hannah. Well, like, remember when this girl made this guy eat glue or whatever when they were kids? <laughs> they had a lot of uh, anecdotes about that, yeah. But, like, what if that is the answer you're looking for? It's Holden's origin story is his brain is just fucked from all that glue. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he turned out okay, mostly, except for the exploding heart. Uh, but Arya, like, this is this is why this is such bad advice, though. It's like, hey, Arya, go do something that's going to make you think about your relationship constantly. Yeah. Good good job, Hannah. Speaking of well, Hannah. She parachutes out of it as quickly as possible. Thank God, Mona, you saved my life in a yeah. lot of ways. Let's make out. Speaking of that, it's uh, cut to the rally. Hannah's rushing in to meet Mona here. Uh, How far are we into this episode, even? Uh, we're about 18 minutes into the episode. For for an hour and a half, almost, of talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. My main concern right now is that I, I might run out of wine. Um, so, anyway, Mona is meeting Hannah on the couch at the rally. She says, thank God, where have you been? And Hannah's like, sorry, I sit down next to Mona. And she's like, calming her down. She's like, doesn't matter. Whatever happens, I need you to be cool. Understand? And Mona starts, like, straightening Hannah's hair, which, like, Hannah starts trying to swat her arm away. Uh, it's fucking adorable as hell. She's like, hey, can you not? Mona's like totally like being the mama cat here. She's like, mm-hmm. it's it's adorable. She's like trying to fix her hair. And then she like smiles really quickly because this very posh young woman walks in mm-hmm. uh, and walks up to them. This is Catherine. Mm-hmm. Catherine says, sorry, I had to take that. It was dad. And Mona's like, Senator daddy, which makes Hannah perk up. And uh, Catherine, Senator daddy. Yeah. Catherine says to Hannah, you must be Hannah. And they shake hands. And Mona says, Hannah, Catherine Daly. Catherine, Hannah Marin. Hannah says, so your dad's Senator Daly, the corrupt one from Chicago? I voted for him. I live in New York. Uh, and Catherine says, Bill Daly joke. Uh, anyway, okay. Catherine says, Dead people were voting. No, the son, Bill Daly Jr. It works. Wasn't one of them the one who worked for Gore? Anyway. Yeah. Bill Daly was the, uh, he got brought in on the recount. Anyway, Catherine says, Oh, remember to keep voting for him when we go national. So I guess he's going to run for president because how much more national can he go? Well, I mean, also, good. I don't even know this guy's politics. The country's fucked. <laughs> Do it. Mona says, Oh, we just hit another bingo. Uh, Mona says, Katie, tell Hannah what you're telling me. And Catherine says, well, I'm doing a fundraiser for my dad, and I'd love to wear something new. Mona, and then we like cut to Mona just beaming, like somebody needs to give that. She says, Mona showed me some of your designs on her phone. They're terrific. 
Mona says, well, you should come by the studio. And Hannah's like, studio? And Mo's like, mm-hmm, your studio. Like, play along. Play along, Hannah Marin. And Hannah's like, oh, yeah, the studio. Catherine's like, I have to make some calls, but I can meet you later. This is like a one-minute meeting. Catherine is very busy, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Mo says, I'll text you the address. Catherine says, perfect, two hours tops. So she takes mm-hmm. off. She's so busy. Through this whole scene, I was like, is this a, like a real famous person that I'm not recognizing, or is this just an actress? I guess it's just an actress. Yeah, you were about to like Google Senator Daly. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. We were well, I, I like, knew there was no Senator Daly from from New York, so I was like, what the, what, what's going on here? Um, anyway, once she's gone, Hannah spins around and talks to Mona, and she's like, how do you know Catherine Daly? And Mona's like, I do not know Catherine Daly. Catherine Daly knows me. I'm a fucking baller. And Hannah just smirks at this. And Mona says, Hannah, with your clothes on her back, you'll be in the Sunday Times style section before you know it. And they both chuckle and smile. And then they totally make out. And mm-hmm. everyone's fanfic. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hannah had sketches. And then, like, the next time we see her, she has, like, actual real-life dresses. Did mm-hmm. she make those? Well, Did she just, like, buy some fabric and get some scissors out? And, like, I don't know how. Like, I feel like there's... It's just like yada yada yada. Here's the dresses. The well, the last we've heard on this subject was that she like grabbed a bunch of dresses and ran from New York with the last mm-hmm. time she was there. So maybe she just ripped apart a bunch of dresses and used that as the raw materials. Or maybe mm-hmm. if Lucas ever like came through with like a check, she just went and like bought a bunch of like raw materials and then know. just like sends an order to China or something. I don't know, like. Well, maybe she's been working on stuff based on her sketches, you know, in this week when she hasn't been like in bed of Caleb. Well, she's got sketches. Like, what would happen if Catherine was like that one? Like, does does she have the ability to just go make it? I don't yeah. know. I mean, because it's a TV show, so you have to organize the plot based on what you have. But like, it's a week later, so obviously, I feel like it, Hannah didn't like wait to like a week of like fucking Caleb and then be like, hey. <laughs> that's out of our system let's go hunt down jenna <laughs> so i don't know Not out of my system yeah i still got some jam um so in spencer's house she lets herself into the great room she looks over sees some of the suitcases waiting in the furniture someone has returned home it's veronica rushing down the stairs eager to see her daughter uh i presume we're gonna do this uh who do you want to be um i don't know i don't know which is on the bingo card <laughs> I don't think neither for this uh, scene particularly. I'll be Veronica if you don't mind. Interesting. Well, I know you like Spencer. Who doesn't like Spencer? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica says Spencer, and she kind of rushes up, gives a very really Spencer a big hug. Hi. Oh, honey, hi. She's kind of holding her a little too tight because Spencer winces. Oh, sorry, you're hurting me. My shoulder. Veronica kind of backs away, takes her daughter in. I'm sorry. I'm just so happy to see you. Your father will be home soon. There's a problem with his passport. And she shrugs. He didn't want me to wait. Okay, we have to interrupt Hastings Dinner Theater for a moment. Okay. So the last time we saw Veronica was in 620 when they won the election. And to unlimited we, power. We heard they were on like a victory cruise of some sort, like some fucking like world tour because she won the state senate. Um, so it's been what a month, like however long from six twenty to seven ten is plus an extra week and then a few more days. 
that's mm-hmm. how long it took Veronica to get home. Like she was so far like away in international waters that it took her like over a week to get home when she found out her daughter had been shot with a gun. Yeah. And like rushed to the ER and almost died. They uh, this is like you could get back from the island and lost quicker. <laughs> what the fuck is this victory cruise? Peter Hastings is like state senate. We're sailing around the world. <laughs> And then he has well, then a, like a he shows her situation. Like, like three brochures for normal like worldwide cruises, and like he inserts like the one fuck cruise brochure. <laughs> Are they just like on his personal yacht? Is this like a Zeth and Summer thing? Like what what is going on? What is the name of Peter Hastings' ship? I think it's just Serious Scotch. I would like, love if like it went meta and like Peter Hastings is like captaining like the SS Nolan North. <laughs> like what is the passport situation? Did he accidentally give them like his Nathan Drake passport? Like, like it's not normal for an American to get stuck because of a passport situation, getting back into America. <laughs> like that doesn't usually happen. Well, cause, cause first of all, I'm sure this is going to hit a fucking bingo point, but he's just like, listen, look at me. I'm white. I'm a man. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Check again. But here's what I think is happening. I think what's happening is Spencer's been shot. Mary Drake is somehow involved. Peter's just like, you go on ahead. I'm going to let they, you figure this out. I'm going to let they, the dust clear a little bit. I'll be there in three email. weeks. They get the email on the boat and they're like, what if we just pretended we were, uh, you know, away from communication for another week or so. Anyway, mm-hmm. we can pull that off. We don't well, want so to I, deal with her. So I think I think that they can make that agreement amongst themselves. They'll never tell anyone because these two make agreements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he pulls what do you what do you call it in sports? Like the audible or whatever. Mm-hmm. When it's time to like you know cross the threshold, and he's just like, yeah, the uh, the customs guy told me I can't come back into the states for another week. <laughs> Go figure. Enjoy he- it. Does he like call the hospital? He's like, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, they say she's fine. Let's just uh, pretend we're uh, incommunicado for the next week. It's well, uh, like, we're we're five days from mainland. Well, yeah, let's like, go with that. Nurse, can I ask you a question? Is she like fine, fine? Is she like recuperating fine? Is she like home on the couch with painkillers and someone's making sure she doesn't poop herself fine? Or is she like up and about, like snooping into like like mm-hmm. dingy old motels fine? And the nurse is like. What kind of call is this? And he's like, an expensive call is what kind of call it is. I'm calling you from like Thailand. <laughs> Ship to shore. Yeah. I would love to know where they went on this extravagant fucking victory cruise that lasted like a month. Yeah. I'd like to know why Peter Hastings has a passport situation. Also, here's what we love in politics. When we elect somebody <laughs> and they disappear for like weeks. <laughs> it's like, peace out. We'll be back for inauguration. I mean, they ran on a platform of like justice and hard work and also <laughs> five week long victory cruises to fucking Narnia or wherever. It's state senator. Let's not forget, too. You're not even like a House representative. Peter Hayes is like, no one's going to cover this. The media doesn't care about you. You could kill somebody on the state <laughs> Senate floor. No one's going to cover that in the papers. Trust me, I know. I represent five state senators. <laughs> She's been gone so long that by the time she gets back, Spencer isn't even home. 
He just mm-hmm. like deposited her luggage and is like doing some shit in the house. This is a Hastings tradition, though. Mm-hmm. You don't put away your own suitcase for a while. You let everyone know when they've come back from their travels that you have arrived. Do they have like a like a, a help that has never been seen or something like that? Like a maid or something? I wonder. Do you remember? Wasn't there a thing where Peter had hired like caterers? Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you remember how Veronica Hastings had like a, a paralegal for like one episode? Yeah. And we were like, ooh, what's going to happen to this guy? And like nothing. I feel like Veronica's, I think like Veronica's a very smart woman. She's like, oh, Obviously. you met my daughter? Mm-hmm. You're fired. <laughs> I can't take any chances. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have strict instructions. One of them is never talk to my daughter. Oh, wait, which daughter? Oh, Spencer? Oh, yeah, you're fired. You got, mm-hmm. Get the fuck out. Um, you can go work for Larry Reed, but you can't work for me. Um, <laughs> okay, so the, the pleasure cruise is finally docked, apparently. Peter Hastings' passport trouble. Is he still on the boat? Like, where is he exactly? <laughs> Pulling in the port. You know what, Captain? Take her back out again. <laughs> Sorry, Veronica. <laughs> Got some wild oats to sew. I feel like he, like, sends all the baggage ahead of her. She's, like, standing on, like, the dock as the boat's pulling away and, like, her phone rings. So she's like, has anyone seen my husband? Hold on, let me take this call. Hello? And, like, Peter's just like, Veronica, honey, I'm on the deck. I'm waving goodbye. Sorry, I think he's uh, he's talking to the customs guy like he's let Veronica go first. And he's just like, hey, man, I think uh, Sir Ben or Sir uh, Benjamin Franklin here has some problems with my passport situation. If you know what I mean. Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. A hundred. I feel like I feel like Peter is like a so, much Sir Andrew Jackson. Peter Peter Hayes is a much flashier briber. I think he just like takes off the watch and hands it over. Mm, okay listen where i'm going time has no meaning <laughs> i'm going somewhere penis. that's not america right yeah anyway so uh where were we back to hastings center theater spencer, gonna go uh fuck up a few more coconuts on the family tree if you know what i mean spencer just nods through that passport situation like that's a normal thing that you just can't get back into the u.s because of a passport situation yeah. And uh, so there's some awkwardness and Veronica just kind of looks at Spencer's sling there and she's like, honey, what happened? So Spencer will say this and then she'll go go over to the island. She says, uh, Allison's husband was a real doctor. It turns out he's a crook. And he took all of her money. No con kidnapped Hannah. She got away. No con is now dead. Jenna Marshall shot me. Probably. Toby and Yvonne were in a car crash. Do you want a glass of wine? <laughs> what an amazing summary of all 7A. Yeah. Must be Tuesday in Rosewood. Well, I mean, drifting took us, over to like a like a phalanx of red wine bottles. Yeah, yeah. Took us, I don't know, two plus hours to do all that. <laughs> Spencer can do it in thirty seconds. Much more efficient with wine. Troy in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Veronica uh, says, "I want to know how you are." Yeah, I want to know how you are. So she kind of steals herself up to answer what's about to happen, and she's like, "It's going to depend a great deal on the next few minutes." And Veronica just kind of stares at Spencer, running through all the the negative permutations of what the fuck that means in her head. And Spencer's like, Mary Drake. Where is she? She's temporarily unaccounted for. What did she tell you? What do you think she told me? Spencer, tell me what she said now. Spencer gives her mom a very slight shake of her head, defiant. And Veronica says, please. She, she, She said, you're not my mother. 
my birth mother, that she is. Veronica says nothing, which only makes Spencer freak out even more. It's not the reassurance she was hoping for. Well, they're both they're both afraid because this is that day. That day has arrived. So she says, okay, now would be the time to make a strong statement of denial. Mary Drake is clinically insane. That's not a denial. Mm, worst fear just came true. Yeah. Spencer was really expecting her mom to clear all this up, and she did not. Which, I mean, honestly, Spencer, what are you really expecting in the Hastings here? Well, at the same time, though, Spencer being Spencer, I almost kind of feel like she hoped her mother wouldn't. Yeah, maybe a little. Because you know what? Her mom, her birth mom being Mary Drake, that's horrible. And Spencer's just like, ooh. Spencer's like, I can work with that. I could I could spin that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So we go to commercial. After commercial, Veronica has sat Spencer down on the couch there in the living room to explain. Spencer just looks shell shocked. And Veronica says, I was sitting in this room working. Jessica knocked on the door. I hadn't said five words to her since Jason was born. And there she was, like any neighbor, come over to borrow a lawnmower or a husband. <laughs> Oh, you here to you here to borrow some sugar for my husband's dick? Uh, Spencer looks over. Now. I can deliver both of those. Yeah, she's not <laughs> amused by Veronica's like little joke there. Veronica says, and she started telling me that she had a sister, a twin sister, a sister I'd never heard of, and that because she, the sister, had problems, emotional problems. She was in Radley. What makes this story so great is that even Veronica can tell how ridiculous this whole thing sounds. Yeah. Uh, she has a twin sister I'd never heard of who had uh, emotional problems like pacifism uh, and Spencer says she was in Radley and Veronica's like I didn't know why Jessica was telling me all this I didn't care how many unstable relatives she had <laughs> and then she told me that Mary was pregnant I got this terrible cold feeling in my stomach she told me that it, that it happened before but this time they knew who the father was because Mary told them Apparently, your father was in a restaurant when Jessica walked in, or who he thought was Jessica. Peter Hastings, all the jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, their expressions are really funny here. It's like they're trying to be really like emotional about this, but at the same time, like I feel like deep down, like they have to appreciate the humor in this at least a little bit. Spencer says, "Dad did this to you. He did this to you again." Some people have great capacity for repeating mistakes. And you let him? You were a part of it? A crazy woman was going to have a baby in Radley, in a mental hospital, and the baby would have been adopted. I couldn't stand the thought of that baby, that child disappearing, being swallowed up, forgotten. I spoke to Judge Khan. Arrangements were made. And after all that, you stayed with him? Yes. How could you do that? They're both crying now. And Ryan's like, we made something. I know it wasn't what we thought it would be. Or hoped it would be, but it was ours. And there was Melissa and you. Were you there when I was born? Close by. My mom nods and we flash back to like 1940s Chicago here or something. Uh, Veronica's like waiting in a swanky limousine. It's like a thunderstorm at night outside. A man in a fedora opens the door to her limousine. He's wearing like a, a trench coat and a fedora. This is not Nolan North, but it kind of looks like Nolan North. I don't know if this is supposed to be him or just like the Pinkerton agent who was hired to deliver this baby or something. Oh, it's like you expect it to be Nolan North. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I wonder if maybe it's supposed to be, and they're just like hoping you don't look too closely because like Nolan North was busy this day. I think there's just a dude in, <laughs> in perfect like like film noir gothic attire who just hands out the babies to rich people in the backs of cars. It can't be stress enough. This like would have canonically taken place in like the 1990s, but for whatever reason, everyone's cosplaying like it's the the 30s or something. Well, I, I want to read something after you after we finish this flashback because it's perfect. But uh, okay, please. so yeah, Veronica, she's crying. She cradles the baby as the man shuts the door and walks away. And Veronica says hi, and she's stroking baby Spencer's head and kind of bouncing her on her knee a little. And then voice over here, we see we hear Veronica say five minutes. We end the flashback. Spencer's mom's like pleading with her now. She says, "You were in this world for five minutes before I first held you, and I've been holding you on, holding on to you ever since." So I have not read all of it yet because I don't read it after we record, but of course you should read Heather Hogan's recap and her captions are a work of art. The one for this flashback is Veronica saying, I was thinking about that dame across the yard and her even crazier twin sister. And then I saw you and I thought to myself, if you're genetic psychosis, propensity to withhold affection, you're going to be something else. A little noir baby. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Oh, it's a beautiful. So anyway, so, back in the here and now Spencer's like yeah but you're not my mother harsh very harsh man it's like is this the the slytherin part of her personality coming in here like it's really important well a little bit but this is this is something that's been ripped away from spencer this amazing woman has been her mother and that's been something she's been able to hold on to like you know when she wasn't allowed to have her pills right after the dollhouse and this is the woman who's just like you're gonna get through this and i'm gonna be there with you the whole step of the way like well, i guess i'm i'm kind of on veronica's side during this maybe you're not i don't know but like i feel like she's pretty mean to veronica here somewhat but i mean this is a heavy fucking thing to find out when you're 23 um i don't think spencer's being purposely mean or negative i mean you could definitely read like fuck you you're not my mom but you could also read like this is like just something that's been ripped away from her you know you're not my mom Anyway, Veronica says, I am your mother. You know that. Spencer stands up to face her. She's angry. I don't know anything. Everything I thought I knew, everything. It just came from this big bang of lies, which is Peter Hazen. And her mom stands up now. She says, honey, Mary Drake will never bother you again. I will make sure of that. Your father and I. Please just stop. Spencer kind of weighs her hand away and rushes off, leaving poor Veronica here to feel like shit. So let, let's unpack this a little here. Um. Because I, I get the Spencer feeling deceived and whatnot, but like, damn, like, obviously not your your mom is not your birth mother, but it's clear that she cared about you the entire time. Like, I don't know, I feel bad for Veronica here. I like, feel I, like, I feel like Veronica picks up the phone, she calls Peter. It's a, it's a long distance international call, uh, and she's like crying. There's no word. She's just crying, and Peter listens for a second. He's like, transfer hundred grand to the Ruby Fund. We'll have her taken care of. <laughs> Meaning, you know, another assassination. Like Jack Ruby. <laughs> yeah uh i mean i guess on spencer's side right now she's probably in her mind she's thinking of every time in her life where it seemed like melissa got the long end of the stick and it's like was that just because i was a bastard like is there a reason why i've always felt like a second class citizen in this family Um, but counter with all of Veronica's worry, not so much about what it does to the Hastings name, but the fear of Spencer and Rally. Now Spencer doesn't want to leave Rally. She doesn't want to put on like the fucking blazer. Like the worry that Spencer is going to surrender to some kind of like genetic impulse <laughs> to problems. Yeah. Um, 
well, you know, that are not controllable by her. Long, long ago on this podcast, I said that Spencer is Peter's daughter and Melissa is Veronica's, uh, meaning just like personality-wise and whatnot. But I guess, I guess literally now. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Not, I, I feel like I have to like, like become a fuckboy just to defend Peter here. But like, as far as he knew, it was just Jessica. Like, he was just like doing his usual cheating. He wasn't like cheating with someone new or anything. Yeah. So like, well, he's a like a piece of shit. I feel like he's not more than what we already knew him to be, I guess. Well, so here's my only question is my understanding was that Veronica didn't find out about Jason's parentage too much later. At least it's like that we like, know of. Veronica wasn't like as dismayed by the initial news that Melissa and Jason had made out in a car until presumably Peter was like, yeah, but what if they were half siblings? And Veronica's just like, you motherfucker. That's the impression Literally. we get. That's the impression we get. Although I think if you go back and like actually look at the dialogue, there's some there's some wiggle room there. But yeah, that's certainly the impression we got from that. So Spencer might have been the first inkling that Veronica ever had. Yes, Peter was cheating on her with Jessica, and then he doubled up, doubled mm-hmm. his pleasure, doubled his fun by uh, cheating on her with Mary, Mary, and that resulted in a child. And then, oh, 18 years later, guess what? Uh, the initial cheating, that, that resulted in Jason, who you hadn't said five words to Jessica about. <laughs> it's yeah, like, he just kept that quiet the whole time. I mean, Veronica is still a good mom, and this is so hard for her. I mean, she's not quite like Cat Stark. You know what I mean? She's not praying that like no, no, <laughs> the seven gods will take Spencer away. She clearly cares about Spencer and, and has this whole time. I think. Yeah. I, I don't think it would be fair to say any anything other than that. And Spencer is kind of rejecting her right now, even though I feel like Veronica's feeling pretty shitty about the whole situation. She's she's treated her like a daughter the entire time. Yeah, but I think Veronica's thing is you can make things better or make them okay by acting like they're okay. Um, I think a lot of her, her stuff with status, with being a lawyer, with whatever, is just go through the motions and then the motions become real. Um, so what, if she never brought this up, then it would never be an issue. What do you think the next Peter Hastings scene with Spencer is going to be like? Oh, I can only only dream i feel like he's just like you're a hastings don't let anyone tell you otherwise and then just like refuses to even answer any other questions about it here's here's what i want i want spencer is like she's like it's night it's the great room she's at the counter there's the bottle of like expensive scotch mm-hmm. there's the glass and she's like really considering just like downing this whole thing in one gulp she hears the noise she looks over there's nolan north like the doing the thing where it's like just the fingers are in his pockets, like his thumbs are kind of hanging loose. And he looks at her and like sheepishly smiles and like shrugs. What pockets are we talking about? Is uh pants pockets? Yeah, it's pants pockets. Yeah, like yeah. slacks. Yeah, like slacks. Like yeah, he's, pleated, he's wearing or, pants. Uh, pleated or flat. He's wearing a kilt. What okay. what are you looking for here? I don't know. I'm just trying to like vest pockets, maybe. Has he ever worn a vest? No. Okay. He might like when he's uh prosecuting or something. No, I don't know. When he pulls out his, his pocket watch and flips it open before he delivers the scathing final rebuttal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can move on from this. Let's cut to Main Street Rosewood. It's daytime. 
Arya's I'm sure we've got more tirades about Holden to jump into. <laughs> Arya's walking with Holden because I guess like his wedding planner service is like basically being a life coach or something. <laughs> uh, and he says, I was thinking about you the other day. The other day? How, why? How? This is all the same day. She's wearing the same outfit. Uh, thinking about her days, sneaking, sneaking around like a couple of spies. He's saying, generally, the other day. Okay. I mean, the other day I was thinking about you, and holy I was shit, thinking about you, you today. This girl I hadn't seen in six years, yeah. Oh, um, you've never been there? Oh. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably be thinking about Lucy Hale to you. Anyway, Arya smiles at this, and he says, thought I might give you a call. Then, just like that, I see you on TV. How are you? Arya's kind of lost in her own thoughts there, and instead of answering, she just looks up and she chirps, Ezra, because well, he's running up to her right now. She's both describing what she sees directly in front of her and answering how she is. <laughs> <laughs> My mood right now is, Ezra! Yeah. So Ezra, <laughs> Ezra runs up from the brew. He's like, hey. Arya's like, you remember Holden? And the dudes shake hands. Ezra's like kind of unshaven and distracted right now. I want him to be like, honestly, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this asshole? Oh, you covered for us? Whatever. Thanks, Hank. <laughs> Bolton says, hey, it's great to see you again, which I feel like is at least mildly sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Holden's, Holden's having a good time even to himself here. Ezra's like, hey, yeah, good to see you too. Um, Sorry. And then he just looks over to Arya and he's like, I need to, I need to go to New York. And he's like really squirrely, and Arya's picking up on it. And she's like, "Why? Is something wrong?" And he's like, "Um, Nicole's parents called me, and they want me back up there. She won't sign the release." And Arya's like, "Sure." Ezra says, "But I, I won't be long." And he gives her this very quick, like just loveless kiss on the cheek. And she, before she can react, she's like, "Great, okay." And like, I love that this is like my favorite part of the scene to uh, Holden here. He's just like, "Uh, great seeing you." And she takes off. Mm-hmm. Holden's like, "Same." I wanted Holden to be like, he hasn't changed a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, the moment Holden and Arya saw each other, I just flash back to one of my favorite moments of PLO. And as I've said still, one of my favorite moments of this fucking podcast is uh, the moment Arya gets out of that car outside mm-hmm. the play <laughs> and just beams and glows when she sees Ezra. And Ezra just has this cold adult. Like, yeah. Now I I really want that deleted scene between Arya and Holden here. Like I don't oh, know yeah. what they're talking about. Like I could have watched I could have watched a whole like storyline from like conversations of dead people of, of Buffy of just like Holden and Arya catching up and philosophizing. Well, do you think by by this point has she has she filled Holden in yet on the situation? It doesn't seem like she has. No, because because the fact that he's mentioning, I was thinking about you. I saw mm-hmm. you on TV. How are you? I think he's hoping they can go to that next stage, that deeper level. Maybe and the then, deleted like, scene is that next level. Because I feel like in Arya's situation, like you gotta tell somebody. You're just like, look, okay, you barely know me. Whatever. I need to unload on you right now. Like, let me tell you about this Nicole situation. And what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Yeah. I really wondered though, with the nature of PLL, like. Do they ever reuse some of these deleted scenes? Because like logistics, what the actors are wearing, the writer, director. I know there was something with, wasn't it in like six uh, um, B? There was something with like a uh, an Ella scene, an Ella and Byron scene talking about Charlotte, and it was like it was meant for oh, one yeah. episode, and they used it like three episodes it was later because like it was a flashback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so know. they could they could move it, but 
yeah, I wonder, like, wouldn't you have to, like, t- if you were going to use that scene later on, wouldn't you have to, like, reshoot it? Yeah. Just because of clothes uh, and coverage? Um, it's a good question to ask. Uh, anyway, so Arya's looking real confused and worried, and you can see the gears turning in Holden's head now. He kind of looks back at her after watching Ezra go, and he's, he's got an expression on his face, like he, he's, he wants to know something. And Arya's like, what? And he's like, who's Nicole? And Arya's face is like, well, time to dig another hole. Change up another 50 grand in the Ruby fund. <laughs> um, I've never appreciated Holden more than I do right now. Like in this, this era of Holden. Um, he reminds me, I don't know. I guess I didn't really notice these people until I got older. Those people who like, they are very dry and sarcastic. Everything is like a, like a, a punchline to themselves. Well, here, uh, here's the thing about Holden. Like the unseen audience, but they're, they're getting the sick burns in that only they can yeah, appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's the thing about Holden. He's not A, okay? Like, like no. I don't know why you'd even consider him to be on the suspect list for A. He's clearly not fucking A. So just cross him off. He's just a guy who's like kind of outside the situation, who's mm-hmm. there to kind of occasionally like comment, like throw a lampshade up here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I think he's a fun character now, because he can just pop up he kind of lets us know what like a normal person would think about these situations. He's there to be a sounding board uh, and you can kind of enjoy him. You don't have to be suspicious of him at all. Well, and the show is great about when to fuck with that dynamic and when not to like, mm-hmm. like, like Holden and who are going to, they have history, a lot of history, both on the show and then pre-show era. But then like, it's not like the Andrew thing, which was so interesting to me, where it was like Andrew has all this mileage with Spencer, and then like let's throw Andrew in a whole thing of Ari, <laughs> yeah. which is out of nowhere, or like you know the best thing the show ever did, which is like let's throw Caleb and Spencer in, in a thing together and see how that works out. Um, Holden comes back. That was to... fun for a while. Sorry, oh, I'm just picturing him dusting <laughs> off his shoulder, still, still traumatized by the Paley Fest when uh, Tyler Blackburn is just like. How come no one's talking about that? Also, I want to say, too, when we talk about like people freaking out about possible like theories, don't read too much into that Tyler Blackburn thing about A.D. when he said some interview like A.D. is somebody we've never really seen before. Like, Mm. don't Mm. don't obsess over it. Unless you're going to go for a Twinster thing. Um, Twinster theories are very hot right now. We'll get to that in a bit. I'm all Spaleb, you're all Twinster. That's that's our fucking podcast. I'm not not Spaleb. You weren't before. You come around lately. What, what the fuck you are have. you talking about? I was on the Spaleb chip before you were. No. Mm. Okay, I'll let hey, you sleep hey, with that at night. Let me tell you something, though. There's a lot of room under my wing. This okay. is this is the you're question. Okay. I have a question for you. You, okay? you, finally, you finally come home, and you're being welcomed with open arms. This is what I don't know. Okay. Have you considered doing a spinoff about the Ezra baby? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paley flashback. I so okay. Let's talk about that for a second, though, because the first of those questions, which were ludicrous to me, was somebody got up and said, "Not ludicrous, but it seemed ludicrous to me at the time." Somebody got up and said, "I've heard that there's talk of an Emerson spinoff," oh and I was God. like, "What?" That's no, dumb. there, there is. There's rumors. And then you said that you, you literally said that to me. There's rumors, and I went on to be like, where? Like some subreddit? Like where the amateurs? These- no, I think it's a perfectionist. But um, that was a rumor. Um, I is feel that like we. That, is that the plot of that series? Is? 
the idea was that uh, Emily and Allison would like move to Seattle and spin off into the perfectionists and just be like teachers at the school where like the main plot happens. Mm-hmm. I think that was the the general idea of that rumor, which is maybe Seattle, maybe it could still happen. I don't know. Is Seattle where you just fucking go to have a spin off? Like Frasier and like whatever that Grey's Anatomy spinoff were. Do you just like fucking go to Seattle? I mean, I, I would definitely spin myself off to Seattle. It's a nice city. I mean, people would be behind that. But I mean, like well, I, Ezra envisioning like after this, Ezra in Seattle. I think Ezra we gotta spinoff. We gotta give a shout out to one of the uh, ladies we met up with. Uh, I believe it's Kara asked a question at the Paley Fest. It was like one of the only Great questions question. that wasn't totally stupid. It was like a normal question, not like Ezria baby stuff. Um, so yeah, our listeners obviously are awesome. And her question was, give her credit where it's due. You're asking me to remember that right now? I'm half a bottle in a wine. <laughs> it was a good question though. Her, her question, and I felt so honored only because our icebreaker had been asking people the night before at some bar, if you could ask a question, what would it be? And she had this great question ready to go. And she asked it with no fear, which was, uh, IMK. Like you've said, this, this season's going to be like a love letter to fans and something. Is it, or is it going to be more of a, like a dear John letter or whatever? Mm. And it was great. It was well-worded. It was, and I, Marlene King laughed. She enjoyed the wordplay and And said a good proceeded not to answer the question. Yeah. Yeah, well, because what are you going to do? But like, it set a good tone. It was like, it was playful. It wasn't like the person who was like, I have seven questions. They're all like mean and shitty. I have seven questions that are all burns. Or also like, uh, can I show you my body art? Question number one, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah, I got (laughs) a question. Not even making that up. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. What about uh, your question? uh, What did Maya know? Uh, Would you have seriously... Like if, if I had forced a microphone in your face. Yes, I would have just, just the troll. Yeah. You would have been like taken a bow. Like you would have tried to get your name out there. You'd have been like, I've got a podcast. Ladies I, and gentlemen, I, I, I have a question for uh, uh, Marlene King. What, what did Maya know? That's hey, Tyler exactly Blackburn. how I delivered it. <laughs> hey, Tyler Blackburn, Ashley Benson, you guys put it to each other or what? Yeah, that was not me. That was a, <laughs> What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, three-hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna cut to Mayor Daly's daughter here. Uh, she's uh, in the I Lucas's loft. Though, whenever you, whenever you reference your own drinking, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all good. It's all great. The plane, there on the out. plane is crashing at the goddamn. Mountain. I just wish I had another bottle. Yeah, I wish you did too. Um, Looking at a red dress in the mirror here, she's kind of like holding it up in front of her as as you do to kind of get an idea of what it looks like. She's smiling, she likes what she sees. And Hannah's like, Why don't you try this one on? She hands uh, Katie here a black dress with like some bedazzled shoulders, the kind of thing Hannah would wear. Mm. Hannah, by the way, is wearing like a really bizarre black dress with no sleeves, like layers of frill. Like, what's going on here? It's not her best look. I feel like this is an Aria dress. Hmm. Agree. Aria. Disagree. I, I don't know. Aria yeah. I narrow. Um, Katie's Kate, like, yeah. Uh, it's gorgeous. My mother would kill me. It's a bit bold for Georgetown. Just a black dress, but I don't know. Calm down. Yeah. Maybe there's like no back or something. Maybe that's what's going on there. Uh, so the senator's daughter goes back to the mirror. Hannah looks over at Caleb, who gives 
him in the door book beside his mom. He nods like a total bro. She's happy. He's like over at a laptop doing stuff. I think at this Back point, in. we're lucky that Caleb's like wearing a shirt and doesn't have like a tall boy of beer in front of him. What are you saying? He's like a redneck or something? My my fear of Caleb at some point here, because he has fallen somewhat in my eyes, is that he'll end up like Gosling in like the second half of Blue Valentine. Um, wow. So, yeah. So he's like. Uh, what do you think Caleb like, said when uh, Katie showed up? She's like, hi, I'm the boyfriend. I don't think after his neg on Hannah earlier, I don't think he'll he'll do that. I think he'll I don't know, like some kind of honorific is how he'll introduce himself. Okay. I mean, I would love for him to be like, hi, I'm Kay. And Hannah's like, it will sit at the laptop and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Hannah's like, um, look, Katie, I would be thrilled if you wore one of my dresses. And Kay's like, absolutely done. And Hannah's like so excited, she's trying not to be flustered. Hannah's like, terrific. Kay's like, hey, have the boss lady call me, work out the details. And Hannah's like, my boss? And Kay's like, Mona, she's a real eye for talent. You're so lucky she found you. From afar, Caleb's like, what? Frowning. <laughs> um, emoticon frowning. Um, Hannah's like, right. Kay's like, listen, I got to go. Lots of phone calls, apparently. So have many Mona fucking pick, phone calls. Yeah. Have Hannah or have Mona pick our top three, and I'll send someone to pick them up later. Which send someone to pick them up later. You're in a strange town, hours away from your home base. Um, she gets her purse, walks to the door, and Kay's like, and text me your Instagram handle. I'll tag you. So Katie's this, gone. This really sounds like a convo the the actors would have had with designers like IRL, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Katie's gone. Caleb shoots Hannah a concerned look. And he's like, did I hear that correctly? Hannah's like, well, I know what I heard. What did you hear? And he's like, well, it sounded like Mona was trying to push you off the label. Whose idea was that? Um, Hannah, like, rolls her eyes in distress and, like, looks off in the distance with some, uh, you know, serious Hannah face. I mean, I can't say I ever really picked up an ulterior motive from Mona in this episode. No, no, no. I think this is all... I think this is all the senator's daughter, like just assuming this is how it's done. Basically, yeah. I don't know. I I saw people online were like, I don't know. Could you trust Mona here? Is she up something? It didn't seem like it to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too trusting. I love Mona. Anyway, it seems like she's up to assuring a happy ending for her and Hannah, where mm-hmm. they can ride off into the sunset with lots of cash and dresses in the back seat. Also, I believe a lot of things when Mona says them. And it sounds like this Katie chick just wants to be in the Mona business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mona's just like, okay, I guess I'll just be a fashion superstar. Whatever. <laughs> I'll just fall ass backwards into that while I'm busy solving crimes for the FBI and Interpol. Well, Hannah's making all this noise like she doesn't like Mona running her life. That sounds fucking relaxing to me. Like, shit, take the easy way out. Mona's better at it than you are. Would you... What would be the the benefits of Mona running your life? Show up where she tells you to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry okay. about anything. She'll give you a schedule. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, cut to Rosewood High Teacher's Lounge. A very exciting meeting is happening now between Paige, Allie, Emily, and Horowitz. They're talking about some nonsense. They got their coffee mugs. They got some notepads, some pens out. And Paige is like, as I was saying... I thought this could be an informal meeting. No bad ideas. We'll prove that wrong. <laughs> this way, Mrs. Horowitz uh, may explain <laughs> it to me. Uh, we need to make it easier for parents to interact with the teachers. Emily and I were talking about how we could use social media. 
And Allie's like, I just want to see how great it is that Paige is really pitching in on this, really taking the lead. Paige's face is like, fuck you. And Paige is like, thanks, Allison. So, and then Allie cuts in again. Seriously, though, it was such a step forward for you. I mean, usually people who are new, they, I don't know, go with something safer like a pep rally. But you're really pushing your personal comfort zone. Which, how many years has Allison actually been teaching? Yeah, I know, like like three (laughs) more months or something. You can you can really see Emily like she's like trying to find the compliment in this and like smile about it. Yeah, they just like oh, it's not a big deal. And Allie's like, oh, don't be modest. Some of us remember what you used to be like. And Emily's just like, oh fuck, oh no. (laughs) Allie's like, don't we, Emily? And Emily's just like, don't bring me into this fucking shit. Uh, Allie's like, I mean. May, you remember when she was a student? We always wondered where all that aggression came from. Stuff that made her such a great competitor. And Horowitz is like, I remember she had a lot of team spirit. She's like, I just, still think <laughs> this is a happy meeting. Note number one, this scene could only be better if somehow Horowitz was also in this love quadrangle. <laughs> <laughs> Got something going on the side of the page, maybe, yeah. Uh, anyways, Allie says, yeah, but it was more than that, right, Emily? And Paige is like, I bet Mrs. Horowitz remembers you, how you were too, Allison. You're pretty unforgettable. I think at this point, even Horowitz is just like, oh. And Allie's like, thank you. And Paige says, it wasn't a compliment. Burn. Mm -hmm. Allie's like very pleased with this insult. She kind of smirks at it. Horowitz is just grimacing now. She's like, uh... How about we take a five-minute break, I think? And Allie's like, sure. If Paige thinks she needs a break, I understand her feeling a little overwhelmed. Finally, Emily's just like, stop it. And she's like, glares at Allie. She's pissed now. Mm-hmm. Horowitz is like, okay, um, let's shelve this discussion and move on to the bake sale. Like, she's really trying to pretend everything's okay here. Emily looks guilty. Allie's just like lording her bitchitude over Paige right now. High priestess of supreme bitchcraft. Um, so note number two. Which, okay, so note number two, and then, like, my meta statement. Note mm-hmm. number two, because they're not the only, like, four people in this scene. There's other teachers gathering this committee. Note number two would be if we then cut over to one of the other faculty, which is my boy Conrad. Oh, God. Are there other people there? I don't know if there are. Uh, be great still if Conrad was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the meta statement, I feel like Benjamin Light is Allison here. I'm uh, Paige, and our audience is uh, both Emily and Horowitz and Conrad. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i not digging this type of bitchy alley. Like, I, this just seems beneath her. She's kind of pathetic. It's like yeah. everybody else grew up, and she didn't. Well, like, what do you, what do you do? Are you tearing her down in front of Emily while making Emily complicit of it, or are you tearing her down in front of the Horowitz? Like, if this is your, if this is your arena... You have lost. Yeah, really. Anyway, let's uh, cut back to the barn. Pan up over the massive board game there. It's back in the box in the foreground there. In the background, you see Spencer. She's working on that glass of wine at the kitchen island. Mm -hmm. Sets her glass down, looks over at the box. She's just bereft of hope right now. She doesn't give a fuck. And then she gets a text. It says, would you like to get closer to your mother and play the game? AD. Nice. She stares at that phone for a while and then back to the board game. And it's like she's basically would, thinking, fuck it. Why not? I would wrap this thing in like, I don't know, something, something soundproof. 
<laughs> yeah, so she takes another big gulp of wine for some courage, and then she stomps up on over that big gift box. She uses like her free right hand to very awkwardly and seemingly painfully lift this box up and uh, remove the cover from the board game. And she's like, she's panting. I noticed a lot in this episode, Spencer's like almost out of breath. Like she's clearly in pain constantly here. Yeah. Uh, from her, her sucking chest wound that she took. Um, so she kind of like just stares at this game. There's like this great low angle shot of her. Where, like she's in the background, the game's in the foreground. She reaches over and pulls the phone off from the other side, like attached to the magnet or something. Uh, so she, she gets that phone out, taking heavy breaths, hits a button on it, and all the, like the game buildings light up, and like so all these like crazy, you know, pinball noises happening here. And the phone lights up the message. It says, "Place phone at home to start the game." This is fucking high tech. Not to not to be that guy, but wouldn't mm. this be a great opportunity to like clone the phone and like give it to Caleb to like use it to track a? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm not sure why they haven't brought Caleb in on this shit yet. Also, um, oh, well, I mean, right now, Spencer's not picking up the phone to call Caleb. Probably. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, she's pretty cool with him in 707. Anyway, the obvious thing you you must be thinking of right now is Lucas, right? Yeah. Like, who, who else could make, like, this weird, like, app situation, like, augmented reality thing happening here? With if this crazy something game? in the game comes to a question of take a selfie of your feet and tell me the last time you pooped mm. then all in on Lucas being 80 definitely uh, so she puts the phone there's like this cradle like right in the middle of the game board map this is home she puts the phone on top of that and then uh, the message like transitions away and we get a new thing it says truth or dare truth on the left dare on the right she's about to go to truth and then she stops herself I don't know why she doesn't pick truth. Uh, I guess right she's, now, she's feeling dangerous. Well, she's also just had a heavy dose of some truth that she doesn't like. Yeah, perhaps. But also, I mean, I think you and I were both like, when we watched the first time, we were like, oh, shit, I can't believe you're doing this, Spencer. But it's like, it's Spencer Hastings. There is no truth option for her. It's all dare. Mm-hmm. Can't stop, won't stop. She picks dare. And then the new screen appears. It says, visit a sick friend, get a reward, and a little picture of Toblerone there. Hi. And then also the uh, the hospital on the game board lights up. Very high tech. And well, so, so, sorry, positing your theory that somewhere one? after this, we would then see for the first time Toby just being a sad sack of shit at the brew. And like, it's like, dun, 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 22 minutes into the episode, Toby's alive maybe yeah i don't know i mean that uh scene at the rosewood high could have been like the next day or something i don't know okay yeah anyway um where was i spencer she's she's staring at all this getting like a deranged look on her face kind of like the time she stared through that one-way mirror at wilden like she's just so fatalistic now she's willing to play along she doesn't really care about herself anymore Mm. she just found out horrible news and so then cut to a hospital. Toby's all mopey in the foreground. We see Spencer in the background. She's out of focus, coming into focus, walking down the hallway. After a beat, she slowly walks forward and she says hi. Toby's like, hey. He stands up. Do this? Let's do it, man. Um, 
So they stare at each other a bit until she finally like lets out like a surrendering sigh and hugs him. Got a, a good hold for a long while. No protestations about it. Protestations about it hurting this time. Just imagine like you see this like patch of like dark on her back of her shirt as like her wound reopens. Mm, I like it. Yeah, that's um, sexy. That that's the I, kind of spoby we want. Yeah, you weird spoby people. <laughs> I so want wounds a- that weep. <laughs> um is like I'm so sorry I meant to call you no you didn't have to call me he's just shaking his head disbelieving I uh I talked to Marco he, he told me what happened are you alright uh yeah I'm I'm okay maybe this is finally over <laughs> yeah maybe um, so she nods a little reassuring, even though she knows it's not. And she's like, Toby, how was Yvonne? He shakes his head. Not good. She puts a hand on his shoulder. Is there anything that you need? Tried to make her leave with me, and this is what happens. As long as you're not blaming me. Hey, you can't blame yourself, okay? The world doesn't work like that. Maybe not the rest of the world, but this is Rosewood. Well, she considers the, the truth in that, the, the Toblerone-ish wisdom. Um, yeah, I keep on trying to tell myself that this is just a town, but I can't make a convincing argument. The evidence doesn't really support the premise. Maybe this town has to disappear before we can leave, like on the season finale of Buffy. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but we keep trying, so we beat on both against the current. Don't you, you know, fucking quote gats me at me right now. These two and they're Fitzgerald. No, I'm rereading Fitzgerald. Um, so he gets extremely I, I, sad Toby faces. Very sad Toby faces here. Just all the pouting. Yeah. Um, we will get out of here. We will. Yvonne will get better and we will all make our escape. <sighs> I wish I could see that. You should probably try putting on your glasses, old man. So he smiles. He puts on his dorky glasses, which seem like they're even more dorky than they were in 620. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Thank you so much for coming. Um, so he squeezes her shoulder, takes her hand. So I'm just like feeling a little extra shitty now for having been dared by A into doing this. Um, again, I would posit that maybe they had the car accident because Toby wasn't wearing his glasses. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I can, from personal experience, I didn't get glasses till I was like 26, and I probably needed them like six years earlier. Because, like, my night vision sucked. Like, your night vision definitely goes first. Yeah. Um, so it's probably all your fault, Toberon. But, yeah, like, I think Spencer has got to feel extra shitty here because, like, she should have done this anyway. Like, why did A have to tell her to do this? It almost seems like A is not... A's not making her suffer right now. A is doing her a favor by making her do this. Um. Well, I think... Because A is a Spencer's twin. I, I think because you know the meta statement is that AD stands for audience, as just as A did. But like it's like it stands um, for Anita Drake. Sure, uh, it's like it's like Joss Whedon said. I don't care what you want. I know what you need. Um, a A that's what A makes them do. It makes them do the things that they need to do and they don't want to do. Um, also, how great would it have been if when he put on his glasses, they were all like broken, like taped together <laughs> in the middle. I could definitely like see the, the masking the tape accident. in the middle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, right. lens popped out of one side. So let's cut from that front scene to the De Laurentiis house. Wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. 
not a fun scene. So yeah, M M trails Allison into the living room, just please. And she's like, you left in a hurry. And Allison finally turns to face her and she's like, I had things to do. And Emily's like, what was that all about? And I was like, what was what about? And Emily's like, we were in a teacher's lounge, not the cafeteria before homeroom. And what is it? Are you afraid of Paige or you just feel like punching a familiar face? And Allison's like, I take it that you and Sabrina are still on hold. Mm. And Emily's like, See, this is part of the part of you that I hate. When someone gets close, it makes you itch. So you swap people away like they are bugs. So, I mean, just like, damn, that's some real sand there from Emily. Try to tell Emily, this is what I hate about you. I feel It took seven seasons for her to say this. And she finally yeah. came out and said it. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like, in a way, Emily is the old school page. Hmm. You know, like finally finding her voice right before the end here. Mm-hmm. Um Allison turns around like she doesn't have time for this. And she's like, please, just go away. And he's like, that's what you want me to do? God, Allie, why do we have to keep showing you that we love you? There's some so, really great lines from Emily in the scene. Like, she's no longer beating around the bush anymore. But Allie's just like, I'm sorry, I'm too busy with my pity party. Yeah, ignoring that, Allison looks at her mail on the table, still facing away. And she's like, I keep getting mail addressed to Rick Rollins. Letters, packages, that's what he left me with sportswear catalogs and a baby who fucking who man like mail you don't want like oh what you've never rented before like wah okay she spins back faces emily allison's like my life my life is a steaming hot mess and emily's like everyone's life is a hot mess have you seen this show yes yeah (laughs) allie's like em you and Paige, you are not together now but you were you have a real you have real memories None of my memories are real. They're all lies implanted by my mother. <laughs> Emily sighs, like finally admitting her subconscious suspicions to herself. And she's like, Allie, the other night when you kissed me, was that because you wanted to or because you didn't want me to leave? And Allison kind of stares her down for a bit, has a hard time making that eye contact. She's like, I don't know. So Emily considers this, does the math, doesn't like what, she, what she's coming up with. And she's just like, I wonder if Sabrina's busy tonight. <laughs> I might have added in that line myself. Yeah, it's like, please don't kiss me again. Not until you know. She leaves, and Allison's maybe mildly regretful, or maybe she's going to go kick over her own metaphorical trash cans. Yeah, I don't know. We're just never really in Allie's head, even though she's like a main character now. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to think of all this, but she, I, I was like, I could not stand Allie in this episode. She's so annoying. I just I try to think of a scenario where Allison's not dead, but she's not in town, mm. you know, and it's like the, she moved to Seattle to be part of the perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. I just I I keep thinking like that's that's an angle that should have been pursued because I don't I mean, know. I nothing, guess I, nothing against Sasha Petursa. She's great. I just it seems like they just didn't know what to do with her character after a while. Yeah. I mean, I, all of this stuff of Allison, well, not this stuff, not like the Rick stuff with the, he left me a sportswear catalogs and a baby. I, I, I have no problem with Allison, like being boring in an epilogue, um, a season and a half of her being boring. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm glad she lived long enough to be that boring, but I just, yeah. So back in Lu- Lucas's loft, Hannah's like a uh, steaming address when Mona walks in behind her, shuts the door. She's very excited. Um, she walks in with her hands out to the side. Yeah. 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 Like Ari here plops down on the couch. Um, Mona's like, okay. So I just got the phone of Catherine and she was raving about your dresses. You killed it, Han. Uh, 
I already have her committed to wear one of your pieces to an event and one of your pieces while she's out doing normal things. Not bad for a day's work. So when do you think they'll be ready? Did Mona have to offer anything up for those commitments? Like, is money changing hands there? I wonder. No, I think the way this works is that um, it's like the dresses you wear to like the Oscars or whatever. At some point, you're just yeah, going to say, guess, yeah. who designed it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I guess she's going she's gonna to be like, hey, just Jared, I'm wearing Hannah Marin. Here's her Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, so, so Mona's paging through Hannah's sketchbook. Hannah hasn't even turned to say hello. She's uh, just sticking to her steam in there. She's very indifferent. She's like, I don't know. Maybe you should ask my boss. And Mona's like, Kiska say boss? And Hannah's going to drop the axe and get mad now. She's like, we couldn't even get through one get through one day. And Mona's confused. She closes the sketchbook. She's like, hit the brakes. What's happening? Hannah puts down the steamer. She prowls on her. She's like, Catherine thinks I work for you. Did you tell her that this was your business? And Mona's like, no, never. I must be, it must be my natural aura of authority and knowledge, which is just like the most hilarious line ever. And also totally gifable. Uh, there's like this like hilarious like innocent hands play and shrug by Mona there and hands like well you can take your aura and shove it right up and hands just like you have it so wrong um and says I just want my life back okay I want to make something beautiful no more snarfing no more shovels I mean this is the first time in my life when I've thought I was doing something important and then you have to come I was like whoa 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 I'm trying to help your business grow there's no other motive I promise I was just excited for us to finally work together, you know, on some level other than kidnapping my boyfriend. Also the smooches. Mm-hmm. Hannah's like, call Catherine. And Mona's just like purely in trying to mollify Hannah here. She's like, I will call her right now and straighten her out. She picks up her phone, starts dialing, and Hannah's like, and I want business cards. Mona says, fine. It'll say, you're the boss and gold leaf and boss, I swear. And then she, on the phone, she's like, hi, Katie. Yes, all is well. I just need to clear up one small microscopic detail with you. Imagine Hannah's business cards are just like, I'm CEO, bitch. <laughs> um, so are they forming a company here? I guess maybe. I mean, I really don't sense any like ulterior motive from Hannah or from Mona other than just like this is the Vandermeeren dream. Let me pitch this idea to you. Mm-hmm. Lucas comes back in I don't know how many episodes. You know, and he's just like, all right, I might be 25-ish, but I'm serving you with papers because we had a business going and now you're in a business of Mona and she's fabulous. Um, I think he would just get crushed by Mona. Well, absolutely, because Mona's amazing. And this is just everyday, casual, normal human being, amazing M- Mona. Mona's like, I found all the webcams you hid in the toilets around here. Are you sure you want to go through with that lawsuit? And Lucas is just like jumps out a window. Well, I think Mona does the thing where she's like, let's have this negotiation on a rooftop. I'm going to push you off of it. <laughs> you, you just know that's going to happen. So you're going to meet me anyway. You got to give a shout out to the line. No more shovels. That's just a nice little inside joke. There. <laughs> well, the, the wordplay of no more snarfing, no more shovels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hannah's like, I don't know. In some ways, did you think Hannah was a little selfish in this episode? Not necessarily. I, I think this is an interesting peek at old Hannah grown up, not dealing with dollhouse trauma, not dealing with like barn cattle prod trauma. 
you know, not dealing with the darkness of like getting drunk with uh, Nolcon, banging him on the side of the head, cutting his thigh with a knife. It's like it's like it's an old school Hannah a little bit. Hmm. Um, I mean, I have to say, I haven't been a huge fan of flash forward Hannah. Yeah, well, because I mean, the Jordan of it all, she had the gross end of like the Spalab love triangle for a while. Oh, and she was just like, oh, five years forward, I'm shallow. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A- anyway. Let's uh, uh, cut back to the Spencer Barnes. Spencer comes in, she slams the door. She's breathing hard still. It's You really get the feeling that she's just in constant pain, and I'm digging it. Uh, she takes out the sling, she wincing a little, throws the sling on the couch. That's that's a big old mm-hmm. slot right there. <laughs> yeah, that probably should be one. Uh, she goes over to the kitchen island. Her, uh, but it won't be, will it, though? Nah, I can always make some edits. Because it's not shitty about me. Oh. So why would why would it make it the bingo card? As as if that's the intent of the bingo cards. Uh, Spencer um, goes over to the kitchen island, drops her keys, kills the rest of that glass of wine that she left behind earlier. It's great. Then the game starts just making noise and like chimes like a clock four times. And on the phone, on the little like home center thing, it says, "Here's your prize." And then like a fucking envelope spits out of like this little slot on the side. Riley Sanitarium stationery on that envelope. This thing just has like treasures inside of it that dispense out like it's a red box or something. Like this when you pick up this thing and you do like the Eduardo Savern and Social Network thing where you just smash it and you just see what other treats will pop out of this motherfucker. Oh, we'll see why you don't do that though. Yeah, but this envelope, it's very old and worn. It's folded in half for a while at some point. It says for my child. Notice it doesn't say for Spencer. It says for my child. Hmm. Spencer opens it. Inside, there's an old letter and a new puzzle piece. This puzzle piece, it's like like glossy black on one side, but on the other side, it's kind of like brownish, like a blur. Uh, I saw a good theory. I think this was at HOO Slytherin on Twitter suggested that this could be a photo, uh, and, we're, and this is just the corner of it, so we're not seeing anything yet. But eventually, this puzzle piece will come together to form a photo of the. Uh, Hastings, the Laurentuses. I don't, I don't know what family we're going to show, but we're going to say something. That's, I love that theory because um, it reminds me of one of my favorite Altman movies, which is so anti Altman, is a movie called Images, um, which is all about mental illness and schizophrenia and Bingo. stuff like that. Thank you. Um, and throughout it, one of the characters is doing this like very meta puzzle, and she can't, it's an old puzzle from her childhood, and she can't remember what the puzzle will eventually reveal and she's doing it this like little girl who may or may not represent her like youth anyway so it's eventually it's a puzzle of her house um which could be such a pll thing but uh anyway so spencer puts the the piece in the home cradle under the phone where there's like a space drawn for one puzzle piece puts the phone back i mean given the size of the piece here and the space there like maybe 11 more pieces to go maybe maybe nine depending on how big the pieces are but well, it's interesting because it's like the thing only has the outline for the one piece. So it's like be, you have it, to. It would work have to start one per piece. episode, right? Well, no, but my point is you have to start with that piece yeah. and then just do it piece by piece by piece by piece. You can't you can't have all the pieces and just figure it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so she reads the letter with this. It's like written this nice cursive penmanship and it says, dearest. It wasn't supposed to be this way. I did what I did because people like my sister and the Hastings deserve to be punished. I wanted to hurt them, and I never thought there would be someone else who could be hurt. 
You come out of a hateful act. That does not mean that you are hateful. I'm sorry that you'll be a baby born in a madhouse, like a mysterious orphan in an old book, a book filled with calamity and misfortune, but perhaps a happy ending. I write this because I'm ashamed. I need someone to forgive me. And the only person who might be able to do that is you. Someday. Be safe. Your mother, Mary. Spence is breathing hard from all these crazy revelations. I mean, Jesus Christ, this letter. What an insane letter to get. You come out out of a hateful act. Like, do you have to tell her that? Are you just like dying to be totally honest? Well, that's implying that your adopted mother will tell you at least some of the particulars. You'll be a baby born in a madhouse. Yeah. Well, so Mary's implying (laughs) that pretending to be Jessica was like some kind of hate fuck against Peter. Well, I mean, Peter's like, I got to be honest. I knew it wasn't Jessica. I was digging that aggression. I'm not trying to like justify Peter here or anything, but like that's sort of a crime, right? Uh, it should be something slightly akin to not quite the same, but like the whole Rick Rollins, Archer Dunhill thing. No, I think it's even more. I mean, pretending, pretending it's like, it's like, you know, Buffy and Faith and the, this year's girl. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, also I just realized Benji's a fuck boy. Is mm-hmm. a bingo piece. <laughs> that is gorgeous. Um, mm, too bad I control the website. Yeah, too bad. Um, but I think you you to blow some sunshine up your ass. You worded it best. How did you tweet this? I don't know. You said uh, I don't know when my my future child will get to read this, so I better make this letter savage as fuck. I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> Calamity and misfortune baby born in a madhouse like jesus christ also this isn't addressed to spencer it's addressed to her her child perhaps her other child Hmm. or or theory veronica named spencer okay fine but i mean when did she write this letter you are just like so aroused for this twinster theory i'm i'm all aboard the twinster train right now you just wanted Veronica's like voiceover to be like five minutes later, another child came out, but I didn't give a shit about that one. But she she wasn't there to witness the birth. She was in the car. First of all, so so man in, the, man in the fedora comes back out, but like Veronica's car is gone. Yeah, car's gone. Okay, first of all, it's it's seven twenty. It's like June, whatever, and we're watching the finale. Yeah. Do Do you want Lucas to be like, "Here's my master plan. I'm the evil A," or do you want? Troyan to deliver that monologue that would be juicy and that would be like i'll give you this i don't think it'll be a twinster thing but i think that would be for all the people who were like hey i'm marlene king blah 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 i want one of the liars to be mm-hmm. a that's the and she's and she's just like listen bitches i heard you mm-hmm. i gave you what you wanted <laughs> I just, I just want to say, I'm Marlene King. Like this, this woman has the unenviable position that no matter what she does, somebody's going to shit on it. Yeah, no matter what, somebody's going to be super angry about the finale. But I don't know. I like Spencer, or not Twinser, I should say. Uh, all in on the Twinser theories right now. Do you like that more than like say Ren? Oh fuck yeah! Okay. Ren, Ren's nothing. He's small time. Hmm. Anyway. Later on, we're going to cut to Spencer. She's sleeping under a blanket on the couch in the barn. 
You can see the envelope from Riley's kind of half tucked under a pillow next to her. Camera's approaching very ominously, but it's just her mom. He's like, Spencer? Spencer's asleep. Veronica kind of crouches down next to her. She sees the letter, leaves it alone, interestingly enough. Uh, kind of tenderly pulls the blanket up and caresses Spencer's face. She smiles herself, but very sadly. I don't know. I feel like this is a sad moment. Like, it's a rough ep for rep, uh, episode for Veronica here. Like, Spence isn't even hers, and she's the one getting rejected somehow. Yeah, but I I, I do think that it came out before the episode. Um, but I, I love that image, though. Just, like, trying to sleep, you know, taking that nap with, like, that envelope just sitting next to her head. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting half season for Veronica. Mm-hmm. For she's sure. in a lot of it, I think, too, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, so, so, anyways, let's let's just get through this. Nighttime, <laughs> Paige is in the teacher's lounge, doing some paperwork. Emily walks in. What time is it right now? Like, Paige is still here. I don't know. Like, after hours or something. Emily's all on pins and needles, and they say hey to each other. She walks over, sits next to Paige, and Paige just kind of crosses her arms and sits up, like kind of smiling expectantly. And Emily's just like, "Are we are we going to Hastings Dinner Theater this? I'll be Emily. Okay. I talk to Allie. I thought you would. I think you can expect you can expect an apology from her. I don't need it, and I don't want it. I want to explain what's been going on. Emily, don't don't make excuses for her. It's demeaning. Look, Allie did terrible things, okay? But she's been through so much. She's not the same person she was. Who is she now? The kidnapped girl who never got kidnapped? The struggling teacher of a sister in the mental hospital? The poor wife abandoned by her con man husband? You ever notice how she's always the victim? Always the one who needs to be rescued? I don't know anyone who doesn't need a little rescue. Paige considers this, rolls her eyes, almost disappointed. She's like, some people just make a habit. Of getting rescued. The same way other people make a habit of jumping in after them. Mm. Ooh. Well, say this for Paige. She's not cowering in fear of uh, Allie anymore. I don't really agree with this read on Allie. Or maybe I just don't want to. Like this mm -hmm. girl once flew planes. And was blackmailing multiple people as a young teenager. Like Allie has always rejected the victim label in the past. I, but I don't me... like to think that she's just like tied to that label now. Like this is how she likes to portray herself. I almost kind of think that, especially with Spencer, Spencer's always the one pushing that it's this town, it's this place that's toxic. Like fucking elsewhere, town. yeah, and, well, and Jason. <laughs> it's it's the Hastings blood. But like it's this idea that if we could escape this place, we could be normal, we could be ourselves, we could have happy endings. I almost kind of think that like Paige is right about the Allison who's like in Rosewood season five onward you know like um mm -hmm. like this well the original reason that ali portrayed herself as a victim was for her advantage the whole kidnapping thing was just a story she made up because she but I needed mean, to i mean you can make the argument that that both allison and 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 Paige's views are correct and that's how complex people are in this like manichaean view of pll um, well it's almost like Allie pretended to be a victim because it was advantageous for her. And then suddenly she was just like Hannah had a dream that Noel Khan pushed that girl down the stairs. And then suddenly everybody just went with it. Like that was a real thing that happened. Or like uh, Hannah had a dream that Ashley's hair fell out. And then thank God it didn't. Mm -hmm. oh, I really hope we see more of Ashley Marin later this season. 
for Rosie. Anyway, so Emily just lets that burn from Paige Simmer there, and then her phone beeps. She doesn't say anything. We don't see the text, but she looks very concerned, and uh, just leaves Paige to wonder what's going on with that. And then we're going to cut to the barn. It's nighttime now. We get the outside shot. We're moving in. The liars are all facing Spencer there. She's told them what she done. Arya's mm-hmm. got the letter in her hands, a letter from Mary Drake there. They're not happy, especially Hannah. And it's like, we decided not to play. What gave you the right to do this? And Arya's like, this does, because she's got the letter. And it's like, we don't even know if that's real. And he says, it goes with what Spencer's mom said, okay? I mean, Mrs. Hastings, I, I mean, it, it just keeps getting worse. How is this even possible? I really like the the lampshade on the, the family tree situation here. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, I guess not only has Spencer told her, them what she did, but the entire Mary Drake situation, everything her mom said, all that. They know all that now. Yeah. Also, I love the detail that Ari is the one who just like probably adores the letter. Like That's a, that's a detail that Aria would love to work into one of mm-hmm. her short stories. Oh, yeah. It's very literary. She's like, can I just borrow Bastard this? born in a madhouse. And the wording. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, and there's, no, well, Spencer, this, this is fitting because there's, there's one thing she knows. It's she drinks and she knows things. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, Spencer says, I'm sorry. And she gets glare from Hannah and says, I wasn't thinking. Behaves like a bastard. <laughs> and it's like, well, if the note really did come out of that thing. I say we get a crowbar and see what else is in there. And he's like, it's not a pinata, Hannah. I have to say that line, because otherwise, why am I here? And Arya says, it's a doomsday machine, because the shisher would know. Hannah, yeah. somehow, like, like out of nowhere, she's got, like, a giant chef knife in her hand. It's like, shing! And she's like, it's about to be garbage. <laughs> this is the same one that I cut Noel's thigh with. I kept as a trophy. <laughs> she's about to stab the game. Then Spencer kind of grabs her wrist to stop her with a good hand there. And, she's like, and all the girls are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the game starts like beeping and worrying like there's like an alarm going off. Like it's sentient and it senses danger. I'm sorry, Hannah. I can't allow you to do that. Okay, so maybe the game is an AI. Whoa. Like AD artificial dilerentis. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Like it. Like what Let's if, see it... if that gets 500 likes on Twitter? <laughs> we need to talk about that, too. Oh, we'll uh, get to it. Yeah, it's in. It's but in like, what if like Charlotte like uploaded her her brain to the mainframe or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like she's got like a giant floating she's head, like, like Toby Zoltron. Jones in uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're standing inside my brain. Yeah, <laughs> my soul room. I'm about to shove you out of my butt room. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hannah stops charging with the knife. They watch as the phone screen as the green night vision video appears, showing the liars digging in the woods. And Hannah's like, that's us, digging up Rollins. Digging down Rollins? Anyway, and he's like, Eddie knows we killed him. And on screen, a message goes by like, can't stop playing it now. Well, because that, no, that was when they went back to check on Rollins. Oh, right, see, right, right, yeah. Was he really in there? That's when they got the video, because they wasn't After set up the, the first time. The Honey, I'm Home mm-hmm. uh, graffiti, yeah. So it beeps some more, and the message changes to "Winner take all." And Ari's like, "What the hell does that mean?" Seriously, panning tight from a shot to Spencer, to Emily, to Ari, to Hannah. Each looks over over the other. Oh shit! Um, again, greatest plop on on the show since Dollhouse. Is there no cut to like Allison? No, I'm pretty sure it cuts right by Allison. Wow. Yeah, Hannah's essentially standing right in front of Allie, so she gets left left out of that pan there. Uh, 
and then we're gonna get the a tag jenna thing is in like a completely pitch black dark room only she's lit perfectly normally yeah she's drinking some tea maybe tea or coffee yeah. from a nice saucer i think it was all things pll it might have been another one of the accounts apologies if i'm mistaken asking people like is this the same china pattern that was in the dollhouse and also possibly ezra had this at his cabin I don't know if that's a clue or if like the prop department just has one uh, pattern of China. Um, or or is it related at all to Aria checking them labels? Mm-hmm. A lot of China happening. Anyway, she uh, she's finished with her tea. She's got no sunglasses on. She seems fine. No distress at all or anything. I mean, it's been like, what, a week and a couple of days, like maybe 10 days. Mm-hmm. So she holds up the cup and the saucer and she says, thank you. And we see some blue latex gloves, hands and white long sleeves take the cup away and jen says you said you'd tell me today about the game it's an interesting angle on jenna the chair here she's like looking straight ahead but off to one side on the camera there she honestly looks like she's about to be offered like the red pill or the blue pill yeah she's in like a leather chair with like like wood uh framing and whatnot it's completely black behind her i mean I wonder if maybe this was like green screen to get it that black. Like there's no depth at all to the background. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just totally dark. So anyway, she asked this question. A walks over. We can't see A's face, but they're wearing blue scrubs over like a white long sleeve shirt here. I'll uh, like shower and that like weird flashback paranoia thing that Emily had when her eggs were stolen. Sure. Also, I mean, this is just fantastic. Like Ren is a bait here, you know? There was a couple A tags, I want to say in 6B, where there was like medical gloves, right? Before yeah. the black gloves came back. Yeah, there were probably a few of them. Um, also, I'd, I we had to point out shoulder length hair that appears to be red, or it could just be the uh, Jenna's here. Jenna's hair looks red too, so it could just be a color cast with the lighting here. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but A sets a big old binder in Jenna's lap. The script for the final episode yeah jenna flinches a little because it's a uh, s7020 now she opens it up and see it's a bunch of braille printout inside jenna starts reading it with her fingers at first she's su- surprised and then after a while she gets like this psychotic smile on her face and she's just like end game uh so there's a great tweet that i don't know who did it now it went viral or somebody was like posted the screen cap and was like could some blind person tell me what this says mm. Oh, yeah, apparently it's, like, some article from Yahoo or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, if you translate it out, it's some article about, like, some, like, it's some health article clickbait or something. Um, I, obviously, it doesn't matter. Like, they're not going to give anything away that way. Um, it's all the same to Jenna. <laughs> Jenna's got, like, some fancy red nail polish on her hands. I don't know a ton about nail polish, but, like, it's been 10 days. Did A do that? Hmm. did a touch her up at all i don't know she seems fine like she doesn't seem like she's she's not been in the hole for this last 10 days you know um all right so that was the episode end game what what the hell's going on um what does winner take all mean first of all (laughs) it's it's liars lament not liars plural liars singular uh there's a winner take all does this can one of the liars win the game? 
Hmm. Is it is it going to pit them against each other? Like, what exactly is the end game here? I feel like that would make a lot of sense um, because the 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 thing that keeps them together is 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 that they're together is is a the foursome. I mean, sorry, Allison, it's the foursome. It's that mm-hmm. unit. Um, yeah, it's a four G, not a five G. Exactly. Like. I'm kind of shocked that Al the A hasn't tried to tear the group apart and like, turn them against each other before. Uh, he kind of I mean, has with the whole like who killed Charlotte thing. A little bit, but I don't think the liars were ever going to turn on each other too much like that. I mean, they got that they got that red herring out of the way as quickly as possible. You know, it, it was mostly put on Ezra rather than Arya. Yeah, there's uh, a little Aria, a little Alley there. But I think part of that is because that's the show for the longest time was never going to be about that. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, what's going on with the Tana, Aria, Zach situation? What's going on with the Spoby or Spalab situation? Um, I don't know. I I, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. Just the idea that only one of you can win like a Highlander fashion is intriguing. I would love it if uh, in the finale they get like unexpectedly find the last puzzle piece and like this doesn't make sense there's two spencers in this photo or something like that you know um before we get into the twins or stuff uh i guess there's some like uh somebody tweeted us this at us there's like this game within a game theory thing gaining traction okay which i feel like we already talked about the basic idea is that like oh jenna and noel for being manipulated by AD2, maybe even Mona and Charlotte and was all being manipulated by like a master A, mm-hmm. which we I feel like we've talked about that in the past, like especially in 710, like this idea that like Jenna and Mary Drake and Noel and Rick and Sarah Harvey, they were all being directed by AD as well on the other side of things. Like they're all pawns in this game. Because 80s mad, she doesn't know who killed Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's definitely more or less confirmed. I feel like because Jenna knew knew who AD was, right? You know, um, if if Jenna was A, she's not sitting in pitch blackness like I thought you were going to tell me about the game or blah blah blah. No, blah, she's, blah. she's clearly not AD, but she. She knew who AD was in the last episode, which suggests that she said some kind of communication already. Yeah. Uh, and, and perhaps not unlike the liars, it's just been the like AD could easily be like, I'm going to do this to you unless you tell me who killed Charlotte type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, you really don't need to keep Jenna in pitch blackness. I mean, it's really as, strange. As Hannah's pointed out, <laughs> you don't need to turn off the, the lights of her. Like, like is this actually a set or were they like, we just don't want you to see the background? Yeah, yeah that's I don't probably know. it. But I, I really like the idea. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is the game going to be the thing that directs them for the next eight to nine episodes? Because I I, so. I'm really intrigued by that. Um, and I think season seven has been really interesting about having these great, very contained plot delivery mechanisms with like Rick's death in 7A and then the game itself in 7B. I mean, they're really doing some interesting stuff before the show goes away. I think we discussed most of the Twinsor Theory stuff. Um, I think it's definitely on the table. We don't know whether or not they're twins. I think if you go back and watch the episode with that weird like alcoholic doctor guy that they go and visit, 
he Hulk. says he says something about the baby briefly like being uh like a ward of the state or something before adoption or like mm. something of that nature so perhaps he's talking about the other one like the yeah. that letter that spencer got it was an old letter it had been folded in half it's very worn it's like you know a letter that existed for 20 something years could very easily the reason that letter is there in that box is because the twin got it not spencer and the right. twin put it in there and what you know it's not addressed to anyone in particular so yeah. there's nothing to take the twins or three off the table combine that no. with the the non-bang version of spencer non-bang's version of spencer in 701 uh intriguing to say the least mm-hmm. so let's talk about a having shoulder length red hair or brown hair with a red color cast if it's red hair that shoulder length what if this is a big if this is my wishing upon a star if mm-hmm. what if it's just present day dre davis Hello. surprise did you miss me yeah you thought i was modeling in new york but i'm not so there's two people whose hair this could be arias uh or who i tweeted about Paige. Oh my god, the fucking response to that page tweet. That was like a tongue-in-cheek tweet I made at like 3 in the morning or something like that. I wake up and we have like 60 mentions. Um, People are very upset about the idea of pages A, apparently. They do not want that to happen. Well, there's a lot of negative response to page the character I know from seemingly non-English speaking community, like the international community, which... I made it's a joke like, before we know your soil page. Yeah. I made a joke before we recorded that they have, it was like at some point they were like, we have to get rid of Lindsay Shaw. She's not playing well internationally on the show. Also all credit to, uh, I think it's Annie Linfield was the initial person on Twitter who tweeted a screen cap of this brought to our attention by at Trinity Maz. I uh, don't want to take credit for this or anything. I didn't think it was going to blow up as big as it did. Um, there's some red hair, shoulder and like red hair you can see here. I don't know if you're supposed to even be able to see that or if that's like a production mistake or something. It wouldn't shock me if that was the case. Right. Uh, Aria and Paige would be the two people possible who have that sort of hair, I guess. Yeah. And, it could and, just be a thing that this is still like, what's what's her name? Cece Mason could be like the the hand person just like the the stunt person whatever the The, the the person production assistant who plays all these people the red coat and uh black widow yeah um i mean body type wise this scene this person would appear to be a little too tall to be Arya. i guess not that it means anything at all because i have no doubt in my mind that whoever this person is it's not the actor who is going to end up being a yeah i'm sure this is just a stunt double um, I, I suspect that we weren't supposed to see the hair that like they, they leaned a little too low into the frame is my theory on this. And I never noticed it oh, in no. watching the show or until I saw like the original person's like, like tweet. I mean, that, that's her. what tipped me off to. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I had, I had never seen it when I was watching the actual episode. Jenna's hair is also very reddish from the lighting. So it's definitely some sort of color cast. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything we else we need to talk about before we uh, get to the end of this here? Um, Johnny tweeted at us that there's no way Toby could be AD. 
Because uh, I'm dead. Yeah. Um, mostly because he doesn't think that uh, Toby's smart enough to come up with a board game. No, unless it's like he's the playing, Lucas theory. Unless he's playing the longest con ever and is also British. <laughs> Johnny adds. Can Keegan uh, do a British accent? But of course. Um, and then Lorona emailed us to ask uh, because she has an old I, Marlene King uh, tweet where somebody had tweeted at, at her, is Maya still alive? And I, Marlene King responded in September of 2016, no, but she has a relative that you might meet. Um, you know, mm. it's either it's either a Maya twin or, or Aria Drake. God damn it, Maya. Yeah, you see what she knew. Anita Drake. <laughs> Somebody, I can't remember who it was, tweeted us at like on IMDb or... or Something where it listed like an Alex Drake as like a character or something, mm. or maybe it was just an Alex and they like assumed a Drake or something like that. Like that could be the Twincer's name, as you do. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, I think that about wraps us up for this episode. Obviously, there's a lot of theories on the table Arya twins, Spencer twins, probably not anything to do with Holden, maybe Mona Shady. I- think Mona shady but then that always makes me wonder like I totally trust Mona right now is that just what they want me to think where does the thing from the uh the trailer come in what thing from the trailer where she's in like the bar the booth and you know, oh yeah yeah having the conversation or, or did does that even happen in real life or is it just like like uh some of the dialogue from a Star Wars trailer you know I'm very curious when we'll see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone's always watching. Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of the sneak peeks for the next episode? I haven't yet. No. I like what I'm seeing from this Addison Derringer character. Oh, she's in the next one finally? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay, I need to watch that. Yeah. She's she's definitely channeling the alley vibe. Just like mean teenage girl. I like it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what we, that's what the show's been missing now. The alley is just like this whiny sad sack. Um, the next one, which is called "These Boots Are Made for Stocking." Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, our website page is Bros Watch PLL Two. You can find us on Twitter at oh Bros Watch PLL Two at gmail dot dot com. Sorry. Uh, our Twitter is at Bros Watch PLL Two. I uh, moved some of our old interviews over to our old feed, the, the like the classic feed for seasons one through four. So if you're looking for like our interviews with Troyan or Norbeck or Brian Holman or whatnot, I moved those there because I think we need a little more room for this season and uh, other extracurricular activity we might be doing. We might have something really cool coming up very, very soon. Very, very soon. Uh I added us in Google Play. I went and looked at the stats today, and it says zero people have ever downloaded our podcast from Google Play. So I don't know if that's like broken or like nobody fucking uses Google Play for podcasts. I'm really curious. Uh, if one person out there, just one of you, please, could subscribe to us from Google Play, I just want to know like, does that even work? Does anybody use Google Play for anything? I don't think so. No. Is Google Circle still a thing? You mean uh, Google Plus? I think they killed that. No. Google Plus. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, we have a ton of reviews. I've been saving these up. I wanted to hit everyone on our, our one of our main episodes, not the rewatches or anything like that. So this is going all the way back to August. 
I got some stuff to read here. Wow. And of course, the first one is completely unpronounceable from the USA. A dry GDDRGGGGGG. Thank you. Uh, also, Curly ATX, Minimom NC, Sengul, KR1314, uh, Key Pullet, Kendall2484, Servatrice, Alyssa Watts, Hello, it's Rach. I don't understand this. Kyla Jacqueline, Emma Jane7104, PLL Fan79, Alyssa Dancer 5 and Yanish Kebab 89, all from the US. Thank you for those five star reviews. Appreciate mm. it very much. Also from Canada, Sarah MB from Germany, Lucy Charlotte from the UK, Beyond Krilly from Ireland, Aiden Garotti from Australia, Amy Louise and Charlotte Rose B, and from Brazil, GB.Miranda. Uh, thanks to everyone who reviewed us. We always appreciate it. If you or in a country that is not one of those that might be a little obscure and you left us a review, let us know because we don't know uh, unless we check individual countries on iTunes. Uh, but yeah, I'll appreciate Which those. we don't. Yeah. The general vibe of the reviews, uh, not reading all of them, just seems to be that people uh, like our podcast because we point out stuff that they uh, they never considered or made us made them think about it in a new way. So I that's, that is, I guess... Uh, what we're trying to do, I guess. Like what kind of shenanigans Peter Hastings cock is getting into right now. Mm-hmm. What's his, going on uh, with that passport? His pirate flavored fuck cruise of the world. All right, maybe. I need an army of bastards. Kind of like Emily has an army of girlfriends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that was seven 11 is like a three hour podcast. We'll All be right. back next time with seven 12 and perhaps sooner. We shall yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Any last words? No. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.